Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1406, season 14, episode 6. I have titled this episode, Directionless Denizens, Multinational Massacre and Cascading Crisis. That's because it is every single one of those things and more, my friends, is every single one of these things and more. We find ourselves living in an ever-increasingly destabilized and chaotic time, and this is nothing new to you if you listen to the show on the regular. It's not. What's, what's, what's new, and this is what we really have to start doing, is developing a dialogue for inheriting this world and basically trying to come out on top, right? Whenever I freak out about us surviving a the first wave of a biological weapons war, that's that's a big deal. One of the things you're going to keep hearing me talk about, again, is just this, this experience deficit. I think that's the easiest way to describe it. It's not just in the military. It's over 17 million people that have been wiped away from this earth in such a short amount of time. I had... I, I I had described it as like I had described it as 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 being a burger, right? Sorry if you're vegan. We'll get we'll we'll get to you in this example. They wiped out the meat and the cheese of a burger, and they're forcing you to eat lettuce, tomato pickles, onions, and bread. And they're telling you that's a burger now. Okay, that's your new normal. There was never any cheese. There was never any meat. There was never any bacon, condiments. You've always had lettuce, tomato, pickles, and onions, and bread. You've never had cheese. You've never had a burger. That's what they've done to us. They wiped out the meat part of us. Now we're just potatoes. And 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 and, and this is a simple, silly way to explain wiping out the heart of people. You understand me? You understand like depopulation, dehumanization the experience deficit, how the world is becoming squid game. And this isn't me just being like sensational or hyperbolic. This is me trying to really wrap our heads around where we are at surviving this biological weapons warfare as they ramp up another, as they ramp up like global instability, shortages, inflation, civil unrest, crime, things like this and more. 
These are the declining standards in which we have to inherit. You look back at least like 40 years ago. That's why I have like I have like zero faith in Social Security and, and all this other benefit stuff of, of, of the system. You look back 40 years ago. Yeah, that might have been nice. But they wiped out those people who believed in that system. Those are part of the, four, the, the 17 million conservatively. The information coming out this week regarding the vaccine is off the charts, man. It's off the charts. We've got the Red Cross basically admitting that they're giving vaccinated blood to unvaccinated people, which doesn't make any sense at all. You've got absolutely devastating information coming out about people glowing post-vaccination, right? We've, we've covered that, the elusive phrase. You've got so much stuff coming that the, the, the 17 million is a very conservative number. And I keep coming back to that because that stems from everything else. We're talking about war. We're talking about this. We're talking about that. I mean, just last week, I talked about this, right? With, with, with the exorcist, where he's talking about how since 1963, he has noticed a, a, a genuine increase, not only in demonic activity, but in their ability to stop some of these possessions that are taking place. What used to take like a day or two, a week at best, is now taking months to years. Because the Catholic Church itself is getting weaker, which means that the vessels which represent it are also weaker. And as I've said before, that hedge of protection, where is it? I used to tell you guys, right? Are your parents praying for you? Are your grandparents praying for you? What about your great-grandparents? That's a part of that hedge of protection that they wiped out with the 17 million. When we talk about the religare, religion, the restrainer as well, how they put that, how, how, how that's a real thing. And now, now that that restrainer, that shield has been broken, look what's coming through. And so, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're coming after us. They're not hiding it. I don't think we can really wrap our heads around it because again, like, we, we, we've covered a lot of stuff on the show, and we're just trying to get through the news. We're not conspiracy theorists. We're just trying to figure out why you're lying to us. You got to understand, they see us as assets that they control. As things break down, you're going to have a natural divide amongst those that step up and those that step down and step away. These are all different things. This is a part of society fracturing, social erosion. Things like this and more. They're telling us who they are. We should listen and we should show them what we're here to do. We have to understand that the enemy attacks unannounced. This administration, they're simply here to build out the crisis management infrastructure. We'll make that very clear in this transmission as well. And as we see these things take place, as this experience deficit grows, right now it's 17 million. It will be more shortly. As this experience deficit grows, it will transfer transfer to us. That's why you see people like legit just stepping up in their capacity. And, and to a degree getting overwhelmed because there's no way. We have to understand that the black sheeps are leading the families now. Let that set in. The black sheeps, the people that they said were outcast and weren't right, the conspiracy theorists and more. We're the ones that are leading the families now. Let that sink in. We have to show them the way, even if we don't know what that way fully is. You understand? We stand on the backs of giants. We stand on the backs of people who have done work before us. 
the Phil Schneiders, the Bill Coopers, the Alex Jones, the Ted Gundersons, right? The David Ikes, the Julian Assanges. You pick your poison. Whoever, whoever, whoever broke you into this, the Steve Quails, the Russ Dizdars, right? The Doug and Joe Hackmans, the Mike Adams, whoever brought you into this, we stand on those backs because they sacrificed more than we did. But it's our turn now. We don't. We may not know what that way is because we're still fighting it, week after week, month after month, year after year. We're playing it level by level, and now it's our turn. It's our level, and they're pulling out all the stops. And that's why we have to do the same. We got to meet these people because it is our inheritance. It is our God-given right. Listen, listen. All we know is that they're offering, the way they're offering is death. We have to offer life, life, regeneration, renewal, redemption, transformation, and more. But the way this world is going, it only offers creeping death. We've been given the tools and the manual to do so of this realm, and that's why we're still here. It's the Bible. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to start getting into the news. Like I said, it's going to be a very information-packed episode. I'm I'm, going to read this quick scripture from John chapter 14, verse 6. And then we'll get into this. Jesus answered, saying, I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have to show the people the way, even if we're not allowed to join them on the other side. Welcome to 1406, of Factions of Freedom, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to be doing, throughout this whole year, Lord willing, if we're allowed to do so, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more. We'll be doing video. We're going to be having guests on. We, uh, we're going to be doing more shows as well. We just have to pace ourselves. We're hitting an information overload. 2024 is meant to be historic. I mean, as we're recording this right now, as we're streaming this right now, there are talks of internet outages, cell phone outages. And not not banking attacks, right, but cell phone outages. The cyber attacks are coming. Will we even be able to continually put out this type of content? Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to stay in touch and you want to get updates, jump inside of our Discord. You can find the link attached to this episode as well as the episode article. Every single week, the link shuffles. So last week's link doesn't work. This week does. It gives you seven days. That's how I'm doing it. And the more people that we get in there, right, then I'll get a static or a, a, a stable link, right? Discord.gg forward, fa- uh, forward freedoms faction. It'll be a whole thing. But jump inside the Discord, jump inside the Telegram. We launched a whole new Telegram too to consolidate stuff. I'm slowly but surely working on stuff. As I'm coming back here, right, we need to have outposts and outreaches where people can hear us and people can see us and people know what we're up to. Check all the links for everything to stay up to date in the description bar below the Telegram, the Discord as well as the Instagram, the Twitter. We are simulcasting there as well. Stay up to date. We're going to be doing a lot more. We're going to be hiring people, getting people to just take this really on. I don't know, some of it's going to be hiring. Some of it's going to be community. Like at a certain level, I shouldn't incentivize people to stand up for themselves. And, then, and, and you're going to hear me kind of complain about that a little bit throughout the show. And if you listen to it on the Telegram, I told you guys, working with some of these projects, I learned a lot of people are directionless. Hence the first segment of the uh, of the show title. They're bullish. They're excited. They're euphoric. They want to do things, but.
but for some reason they've just been taught to press the buttons and they need to be told what to do with those buttons consistently. That's what I'm saying. That's a part of the experience deficit. Like, like I don't want to, I don't want to have to step up, but because we are in this position and there really truly is no other people out there trying to do it in different capacities. Well, we have to, we either have to, or we have to find somebody capable to fit the gap. This is all stuff that we talk about, talk about behind the scenes and more jump inside the telegram, get access to the exclusive membership program. Learn all that, dude. We're trying to do more. Like I'm, 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 the, the frustration you might hear is because we have so much work to do that nobody should be bored. If you were listening to this and you're not feeling, I don't know, activated, energized, motivated in any kind of way, either to change your life, you know, do different things, create this parallel system, try to awaken people. If you're listening to me and you're just like not doing something, d- tell me what you're smoking. Tell me what you're on because I'm, I'm really trying to engage and activate people. This is not a time to be idle. This is a time to be active. You can find the links for all that good stuff in the description bar below, as well as to New Leaf Naturals, our, our made by my, my Patriot Supply Storable Goods. You'll have information about that coming up in the show as well. We've got Houthis rebels out here attacking ships, successfully downing them, and then stealing underwater drones. Did you hear about this? As we're having cyber attacks. You guys hear about this? So, yeah, we got a lot of different things to cover in this transmission and more. You guys can support this operation by hitting the links in the description bar. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash noise era. We're like, it's crazy. We're, we're just going to be doing a lot. You guys need to pay attention. Uh, it's going to come out of nowhere. And the same way you're listening to the podcast after us kind of being away from the scene for a bit, you're going to have all these different facets that point back to here because I'm just leaving these little breadcrumbs and footprints all over the internet for you guys to get work done. Okay. Uh, but you can find the links for all that and more in the description bar. Let's go ahead and jump into our honorable mentions. We've got, like I said, a, a, a lot of different news to get into. I want to switch things up this week. Not even going to lie to you. I'm going to switch stuff up and come at it a different way. Uh, last week, we, we, we pulled up a couple of memes for you guys. Some spicy memes. Um, you know, from Traditional West, one of their Twitters. One of the Twitters that we follow. And we're going to kind of follow the same type of path this week. Uh, but this time, we're going to be doing things different. So just bear with me. Here is the NVIDIA CEO, Jensen Huang, saying, if you want to be successful, I would encourage you to grow a tolerance for failure. If you want to be successful, I would encourage you to grow a tolerance for failure. But the thing about failure is this. If you fail often enough, you actually might become a failure. And that's different than being successful. And so the question is, how do you teach someone how to fail, but fail quickly? And to change courses as soon as you know it's a dead end. And the way to do that is we call it intellectual honesty. Um, We assess on on a continuous basis whether something makes sense or not. And if it's the wrong decision, let's change our mind. And you know, A lot of people say CEOs are always right and they never change their mind. That doesn't make any sense at all to me, especially when it violates the first principles of what we want the company to become. 
an innovative company that invents amazing things, that solves problems for the world that it sometimes didn't even know it had. Right? If you want to do that, then you have to cultivate that um, uh, tolerance for risk-taking, and you have to then teach people how to fail, but fail quickly and inexpensively. And so innovation requires a little bit of experimentation. Experimentation requires exploration. Exploration will result in failure unless you have a tolerance for failure, you would never experiment. And if you don't ever experiment, you would never innovate. If you don't innovate, you don't succeed. You'll just be a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah, so be prepared to fail. You understand, like, this guy made this statement back in 2011. I got out of high school around 2010. We've been at this for 14. We, we, we've, been, we've been at this since then. So when you hear the voice and you see the, the, the face, you see the stuff I'm do I've done, it's because it's come from like years of failure, years of trying and succeeding and sometimes being up, sometimes being down, but still showing up every single day. And that's what, because I, and I have to explain some of my temperament these days because we are having new listeners from crypto. We are having new listeners from Rumble. We are having new listeners from Twitter, we're having new listeners from Brighton, we're having new listeners from Odyssey, from all these different platforms. Okay. And and I say that because they don't even know that we had 306,000 followers on Instagram, that we got deleted and we still had to keep it going. And so when I'm up here begging for exclusive members and people to just take a little bit more action outside of being passive and listening, it comes from the years, the years of just eating glass. You understand? And always coming up with solutions, never failing, or at least never allowing myself to fail, never giving up on myself, always being pointed north. And to be, to be quite honest, always having God in my corner, always praying, always realizing that this is a spiritual battle as much as it is physical. And I'm, I'm trying to do the best that I can as well. So there's a, there's a lot of things that go into this so-called podcast. There's a lot of things that go into the so-called work that we do because it's not just political. It's not just sharing memes. It's not just thought points. We are literally talking about creating a parallel or an alternative system. Do you understand what kind of mindset that requires? It doesn't require being attached to this old world. And I think that's what's crazy too, because when you, I'm getting off the, off the tracks with this one, but when you think about the old world, 1500s until the 1800s, this liberal world order that we're familiar with to where they did embrace freedom and so much. And then you just see something happen in like the 1800s towards like the 1960s to where, boom, the new world order has its whole thought process and it begins to develop. And so as this new world order comes into play, we're seeing resurgences of this old world order take root in this parallel system. And do you understand what I'm talking to you guys about? You imagine me trying to talk to you about this 2012, 2013, 2014. We've been at this for a while trying to explain where we are at, what is happening to us, and where what our roles are uh, in this system. So let's continue on forward with this. Here is somebody else's Gnostic interpretation of the so-called solar system.
the solar system is a soul system. We started in the stars, then we incarnated into the heart of the soul system, which rearranged spells Earth. You descended from spirit into matter. The soul luring system lures your soul deeper into matter, which are the lower three chakras. You are the mind and soul, not the physical body. If you die and your mind is still attached to these worldly physical things, you will want to reincarnate here. The body corresponds with the higher and the lower self. You need to get out of power, food, and you know what, into the higher chakras, so that your mind is not attached to the worldly things when you die from here. This is why they get you so addicted to clothes and all of these physical things. The fast food restaurants are red, orange, and yellow because they keep you here. You need to connect with your true divine self, which is inside of the pineal gland. This is the holy grail, your neck and head, because the holy grail out of the physical world and ascension is connecting with your true consciousness form. You need to be united, not divided. You need to turn the masculine and feminine energies into balance because heaven has the word even in it. You have to become even because your consciousness has no gender. The devil is the devail. You devail yourself by having these mental addictions to the worldly things. The soul luring system is inside of you. You have to devail yourself out of the seven seals in the Bible. The seven seals are the seven. Good stuff. Uh, seven seals are the seven chakras. Seven elements and things like this. We're going to be doing more Gnostic stuff because, I, again, I'm doing a lot more research. I'm doing a lot more digging back to the basics and back in the Bible and just trying to figure out, like, what is actually happening and then what 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 the true purpose is of the work here. This world is going to become increasingly unstable. We've got to figure out ways to make ourselves stable, ways to get back to the source and more. Uh, and, 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 and the reason why you hear me sharing these types of things and having this viewpoint and really trying to get this stuff across to you guys is because we are going into increasingly crazy times. You need to have something that's able to ground you and realize that this is not our home and the people in control, they have very they're trying to kill us. They have nefarious intentions. There are levels to this. You have a temporal physical battle in which you are fighting. You have a spiritual battle that's manifesting here temporally. And then you have even greater things, the uh, ideals that you, the, the virtues essentially that you come from, right? Reflections of a, of, a, of a greater source. There's levels to this type of stuff, man. It's not just, it's not just what they're telling us. Uh, and this is the kind of content I'm going to start putting out behind our Patreon and with our exclusive members. Right now, we cover so much stuff with the news and the regular craziness of what's happening that we need to be focused and pointed, you know, true north of what's actually happening. But behind the scenes, behind the closed doors, we're deeply spiritual and we need to understand these things. Let's move forward. <laughs> uh, here's a quick meme. <laughs> It's um, the meme says men have two fantasies, and on the top it has a man saying, "Will you marry me?" and it's a girl saying yes, and then on the bottom is of just you know Templars battling hordes and just slaying non-believers and pagans. I'm just kidding, uh, but no, that's really what's happening. Men do have two fantasies. They are either trying to start families, trying to start families, and become Genghis J, right? repopulating with my own bloodline because I've already beat them. You either have men trying to, you know, start their own families off of my, my genetic seed, or you have men trying to fight the offspring that I've created, right? Men either want to start families or go to war, man. Like that's really it. 
And what's happening right now with this crazy gender role, gender bending stuff, it's destroying families, destroying society, it's destroying polarity, duality. It's destroying all these things. It's, and it may not even be destroying it. It's flipping these things because of the polarity. But I think it's destroying it because, again, uh, we have a traditional way of doing things. And now because we've embraced so much modernity, uh, so much of this modern world, well, we now have women that think they can be men and men that think they can be women. And I, you've got men trying to breastfeed babies. Like what? This is crazy. This is crazy. And so men do only have two fantasies because we're based here in reality. We're either, we're either trying to repopulate the earth to take care of everybody or we're trying to fight off, you know, hordes of hordes of people. And I'm sure there's some people in the spectrum as well, but you guys get the meme. Let's continue on. Let's continue on. Right here. Which way, modern man? Which way? Are you going to have uh, hentai, nihilism, tender, Fortnite, TikTok, League of Legends, beer in your emotions, Star Wars, a burger, some some random ratchet chick? <laughs> what is, I don't even know what that is. Like a, a vape, more weed, a PS5, and an office job? Or are you going to be out there in the mountains studying different birds, understanding the Bible? Getting out there, uh, learning different plants, right? Uh, being in nature, hitting the weights, drinking water, gardening naturally, being a protector. Which way, modern man? Reject casual sex, TikTok, video games, binge drinking, junk food, and a sedentary lifestyle. Embrace monogamy, attaining knowledge, raw milk, grass-fed beef, heavy weights, and Christ. Which way, modern man? which way and now getting into the news part of the show elon musk's Neuralink archives groundbreaking success in human test subject which way modern man which way are you going to go with the brain chipped thread heads or are you going to get back to mother nature are you going to get back to the basics and i think that's going to be the greatest challenge of generation of, of, of my generation of the millennials and that's why you hear just this this Sometimes opposing and competing worldview on the show. Sometimes we're like, hell no, let's just throw away the system, run to the mountains, repopulate the earth, start a small farm, and just live there until they try to come get us. And we'll shoot bows and arrows at the robo dogs uh, until they, 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 they shoot robo, you know, bullets at us. We think that's an extreme thing because if not, well, they're going to push us out of society. The society of transhumans and technocrats and threadheads and people that have brain chips and things like this inside them. They'll be able to f not feel our thoughts. Klaus Schwab talked about it just the other week. In 10 years, how crazy will it be that we will be able to sit inside of a, an auditorium and I will be able to feel your thoughts? This is the world they're creating. Which way, modern man? Let's read this quick article by Dallas L. from Vigilant News. They put this up February 21st says in a recent revelation that seems straight out of a science fiction novel, Elon Musk announced a monumental breakthrough by Neuralink, the, ne the neurotechnology company he founded. A patient equipped with Neuralink's advanced brain implant can now control a computer mouse merely through thought. This development now only showcases the rapid progress in brain-computer interface technology, but also opens new horizons for human-computer interaction potentially transforming the lives of individuals with mobility impairments and beyond. Well, I think that's the best place to start right there so we can get through some more of these. It's not just to help people with mobility issues. I think one of the things that we're going to begin to have to start setting aside time for in the show 
same way we do cultural things, COVID and what's happening globally, we're really going to have to start looking at what's taking place with the AI, with the technology. You understand? Because now the technology is inserted inside of you, either through the vaccine, through brain chips, or Apple Vision Pro literally reprogramming people. The technology is trying to figure its way, trying to figure out its way inside of you. That's why I always say, do the drug, don't let the drug do you. We're over here doing these things. We're putting out this content. We're trying to be aware of what technology and AI's ultimate goal and purpose is. It's to control you. I mean, I, I was talking about this earlier this week with my old man because he was because he was getting offers to go work at NVIDIA and he's very excited about AI. He's a he's he's you know, he works on high performance supercomputers. He's a smart guy. Of course, he gave birth to me. And when we were looking at, you know, Sora, their the the new video AI that's come out where it's able to basically reproduce video quality studio Hollywood level quality videos from like Chat GPT essentially. Well, that's going to put out Hollywood in the next 10 years, five to 10 years, if that, if they even have that long. We're going to have stuff that's so indistinguishable. We're, of course, going to have people not tapped into here. And it starts with things like this. They already have chips inside of you, ladies and gentlemen. This is just them softly rolling these things out. You see, let's continue forward. First 3D printed functional human brain tissue grows like the real thing. An article from Cryptagon listed over there, blacklisted news. They put this up February 12th. Says researchers have used a novel technique to 3D print brain tissue whose cells developed into functional neurons that communicated with each other in a matter of weeks. They say the approach could be used to study healthy and unhealthy brains, test drugs, or simply observe how the brain develops. Create an organ as close as possible to the real thing is essential for the for research exploring disease pathology and testing new drugs. The brain presents particular challenges, including the fact that neurons grow in the la- grown in the lab have to form functional corrections, and the brain tissue needs to support a complex but delicate architecture. University of Wisconsin-Madison researchers have recently successfully 3D printed brain tissue that grows and functions like a typical brain. Quote, this could be a huge, a hugely powerful model to help us understand how, how brain cells and parts of the brain communicate in humans, said Su Ching Zhang, the study's corresponding author. Quote, it could change the way we look at stem cell biology, neuroscience, and the pathogenesis of many neurological and psychiatric disorders. Growing brains. We're growing brains now. We're 3D printing brains. They're not human. And this is, ironically enough, something that we've covered in the past. Organic uh, organoids, right? Small little brains that they're growing in uh, petri dishes, but now they're just 3D printing them, which is getting even more crazier. But let's 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 talk about that briefly. What is the nature of reality? What would your nature of reality be? And this is something I'm always super fascinated by. Do these things have consciousness? Um, they're grown. They're not born. You see, you come from a mother and a father. These guys come from petri dishes and 3D printers. They're grown. They're not made. Or I mean, we're born. They're grown. Do they have consciousness? What happens whenever they want to put these brains inside of technology or they hook up brain chips inside of these, these, these brains? And so in, in a weird way, it's like they're literally creating NPCs. They're creating people that aren't people. 
this is the type of stuff that gets kind of spooky. This is the science fiction reality that that I'm more familiar with and more disturbed by. Right. When you talk about the holograph, the holographic matrix, the electric universe. Is this the real the matrix? Is this the real world? Things like this. Becoming gods, transhumanism. You have to understand that these people, they they are trying to play God. And now they've been given the tools and the green light to do so. Let's continue forward. We've got a lot more to cover. Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary says he's boycotting in, quote, loser state New York, set sights on Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia, Florida, and Texas for future ventures. Uh, this is an article by Jim Hoff from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 19th. It says that Shark Tank star and famed investor Kevin O'Leary declared that he is that he is ceasing all future investment activities in New York, labeling it a, quote, loser state due to its political climate and legal persecution against former President Trump. O'Leary is now turning his attention to states like Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia, Florida, and Texas as his future business ventures. O'Leary's commentary followed by the verdict by Judge Arthur Ingoran in New York Attorney General Letitia James' fraud case against President Trump. O'Leary, who has been vocal about his investment philosophy, sees this as a turning point for his and potentially others' investment strategies. During a Fox Business interview, O'Leary expressed his frustration with New York's policies, which are hostile to businesses and and, and investors. So uh, we're going to play the clip. Think about what this means. If businesses don't do work in New York and they find different power centers to, 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 to basically set up the operations, what is this going to do to the socio-political demographics, you understand? Like Californians leaving California because the prices are too high there and then coming to Texas, coming to New Mexico, coming coming to Arizona, coming to Colorado, and then expecting us, expecting people in the mid and Southwest to act like that, 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 that causes a, a bit of a schism. That's just a microcosm of some place like New York imploding. Let's 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 watch this and then we'll pick it up from there. This award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now. And I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. 
I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice. Those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now, fastest growing city in America, Nashville. Winner state, good policy, competitive taxes. You've got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York, mega loser state. So, Kevin, what did you think of Governor Hochul saying this is like a unique one and done because Donald Trump went too far and was so nefarious? Uh, you guys, if you're just doing what you should be doing, you have nothing to worry about. But they're very worried about it. Yeah, we're very worried. Every investor is worried because where is the victim who lost money? This is some arbitrary decision a judge made. This policy and what this says, what does this say about the bar, the legal bar in New York? Aren't they going to question this judge? What is this? $355 million and there's dollars as a, as a penalty and there's plus interest at 9% and there's no victim? I mean, I'm sorry, her, her words fall on deaf ears to everybody. Yep. There's nothing she can say to justify this decision. And this has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing to do with Trump. Forget about Trump. This is not a Trump situation. Yeah. This is a New York problem now. The whole world is looking at this saying, what are you doing to yourselves? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I, I saw this clip earlier in the week and, you know, heard him laying into New York. We got a lot of people in New York that listen to us. And that's that's a massive thing. But that's people saying, hey, you guys got to clean this up. People want to do business with you. But, you know, something's going on here. I don't want to I don't want to invest with you guys knowing that my money's not going to it's not going to double up or it's not going to last longer. Right. And so that's 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 absolutely horrible to hear, you know, but that's that's what he's talking about. Removing feelings aside, it's all about business and numbers and what you're type of, what you're seeing. Again, the sociopolitical and the socioeconomic things that we see taking place. It's about winner states and loser states. You could call them red states or blue states. And like you said, this is all occurring post-pandemic. It's because that's where a lot of these things took down, went down. When you locked down your business, that affected things. And that's why they shipped a lot more of these red, a lot more of these toxic vaccines to red states uh, because they wanted to shut down the productive people and they want to consolidate power. They want to get as many different people, uh, you know, on these consolidated systems. That's why they want all this regulation. Absolutely devastating uh, testimony there from Kevin Leary of Shark Tank because he's right, and 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 that's going to have far-reaching implications, politically, historically, culturally, and more. People wanting to do good business and actually make money—what? That's crazy. You don't want to just apply for DIE. You don't want to just you know kill yourself on the altar of social justice. What? And kill your business? What? 
No way. A U.S. Army officials warn of a dangerous lack of funding due to support for Ukraine. An article by Nick R. Hamilton from Slate News. They put this up February 21st, and you know what it is. Does it even need explanation? I mean, uh, we're giving our money away for useless wars. Useless wars and immigrants that come through that want more. And then Americans are left literally holding holding the bag. Like we're being we're being we are being slowly drained. We are being farmed. That's why last week when we play video clips of Tucker Carlson going to Russia and they're all estimating, like, hey, what do you think this is gonna cost? Roughly four hundred dollars or so, or what do you what do you guys think? It's a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars because the inflation by inflation they're just squeezing us for as much money as they can to build out this crisis management system this infrastructure and it means paying for useless wars it means paying for immigrants it means paying for all these 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 hidden benefits benefits that we really don't benefit from let me read this quick article and then i'm going to play for you guys a video of young ukrainian children doing the Young Ukrainian 17-year-olds. Oh, I'll say that, and then we'll, we'll we'll pick it up from there. It says U.S. Army officials are raising the alarm about the dangerous lack of funding for America's military as Democrat President Joe Biden and the Duna Party continue funneling taxpayer money into persecuting the endless war in Ukraine. President Biden, both with and without the approval of Congress, has all but emptied the U.S. military's armories and coffers in his bid to support Ukraine. The U.S. continues to send Ukraine billions in tax dollars, which will never be paid back to fund the nation's unwinnable battle to fend off the Russian invasion that began in February 2022. It's like a year old. Now, the U.S. Army's Europe and Africa Command is warning that it will essentially go broke within a few months if House Republicans don't agree to pass the latest foreign aid package devised by the Senate, the Daily Mail reported. The Senate deal allocates about $60 billion for the Ukraine conflict. The stunning admission not only provides a glimpse of how dangerously depleted the U.S. military's budget and stockpiles have become due to the Biden's insistent support of the Ukrainian war effort, but is also the latest example of his guilt-tripping and fear-mongering that the administration and political establishment have resorted to as a means to browbeat hesitant lawmakers into voting for even more taxpayer-funded aid for Ukraine. Yeah, we, we, we know what's going on here. We, we can see the writing on the wall. Everybody can see the writing on the wall. We're basically paying invaders to, to, to come destroy us eventually. This is this is an absolute travesty. This will create problems for years. Speaking of problems for years, here's 17-year-old boys in Ukraine being trained to send their kids into the meat grinder for whenever they turn 18. Audio listeners, you guys weren't able to catch it, but as they were doing their salute, I guess you call it, it was more like the Zig Heil. You're literally seeing 17-year-old Nazis put up a, a, a Zig Heil as they laugh gleefully. And it looks like the commander's doing like the, the goat of Mendez devil horns as he's doing like the Zig Heil. I kid you not. 
Uh, but you're seeing, again, 17-year-old little Ukrainians that are training to become, you know, soldiers for, for, for to go fight Putin. And we're funding this. That's what this boils down to. We are funding this. We are funding 17-year-old neo-Nazis doing zig, zig heils to go fight an illegal war. And I mean, who knows? This, they, 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 am all, they may have all been brainwashed to believe that this is what they want to do. Um, but it, 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 it's sad to see, personally. It's sad to see. Exclusive. Pentagon forces Army Reserve troops in the Midwest to conduct mock exercise with Governor Abbott's, quote, drowning migrants in the Rio Grande. And Texas soldiers shooting swimming migrants, yelling, quote, America first. Whole lot of stuff going on here. This is an article by Jim Hoff to the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 18th. And what I'm hearing, honestly, is just the beginnings of what sounds to be like a false flag. A false flag, some type of civil unrest situation, and so much more. It's a very deep article. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just the, 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 what's going on down there at the border, I'm telling you, it's going to end up becoming like a city of its own. We've got an article about that. Migrant camps are going to become like uh, tent cities or border cities. They're going to, it's, it's, you see it coming too. Things are going to get crazy, but that's why they need an event down there to justify additional funding to start building out an infrastructure down there. And it's just a gradual, it's just a gradual unwinding. You know, I'm sure sometime throughout this episode, I'll talk a little bit more about Harrison Bergeron, that movie back in like the 1990s or the 1980s, the second American revolution and things like that. Let's continue on to this article. It says that a group of Midwest based U.S. Army Reserve legal offices engaged in a mandatory weekend drill was thrust into a contentious political scenario that has since drawn sharp criticism and allegations of federal law violations. Earlier this month, a remote exercise conducted over Microsoft Teams took an, good God, Microsoft Teams, conducting remote exercises over Microsoft Teams took an unexpected turn when LOD commanders were handed a last minute politically biased scenario in order to use the scenario to engage with their legal reserve, reserve legal officers. High ranking officials from the Pentagon issued the drill fact pattern and were reportedly monitoring the call. An individual familiar with the situation who requested anonymity shared this with the Gateway Pundit concerning this matter. It says on Saturday, the third, Feb, on the third of February, a group of Midwest-based U.S. Army Reserve legal officers took a took part in a weekend drill conducted remotely over Microsoft Teams. Good Lord! Just prior to the drill, commanders of these units were passed a legal legal scenario. They were told to war game with their reserve legal officers. It was an unscheduled interruption, last minute, and not to be pre-planned or released. The leadership felt blindsided by it. During the team's call, there were what appeared to be high-ranking personnel from the Pentagon issuing the new drill fact scenario and monitoring the team's call in the background. The scenario passed out in last-minute fashion involved as a fact pattern. The Biden administration nationalizing the Texas National Guard members sent by Governor Greg Abbott to the Texas southern border with Mexico. The facts provided involve, quote, Governor Abbott being responsible for allowing migrants to drown or worse to that effect in the Rio Grande after setting up barriers and quote, not lending any aid to these dying migrants. And one of the given fact pattern, a U.S. Army Reserve sergeant was sitting in a vehicle watching the migrants cross the Rio Grande after taking over. And a Texas National Guard member steps up behind the vehicle and began shooting and killing a family of migrants swimming across the river. 
all the while yelling, quote, America first. Army drills per training standards are to be fictional, a political scenario involving fictional countries, enemies, and people. American citizens are never mentioned in these scenarios. In this case, all these rules were broken. The scenario is blatantly and openly political, naming the, quote, Biden administration as the heroic protectors of human rights and listing an evil, quote, Governor Greg Abbott by name, as well as an out-of-control criminal Texas National Guard soldier who yells, quote, America first, while shooting defenseless Mexicans swimming across the, <laughs> the Rio Grande. Looking online at the Trump camp campaign site under the topic of, quote, MAGA movement and, quote, America first is clearly embedded as language used in Trump's campaign material. It says that the fact that the campaign material is inserted into a biased derogatory fact pattern handed to soldiers is a blatant criminal hack to act violation. Then it goes on to talk more about that hatch violation. Uh, how how crazy would that be? But I think that's 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 what they're saying. What this does is this sets the the stage for that fracturing within the military, that fracturing within the government, that civil war. Who are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the empire, the regime, the Biden administration? Or are you going to follow your state and local authorities, the federal government? or the state and local authorities. And we've got an article about that later on the show as well, how Trump says that's how he's going to deal with all these migrants. Local law enforcement. Local law enforcement. This sets the stage for stuff like that. But imagine the pressure that's putting on individuals. Imagine the the, the pressure that's putting on individuals who have taken the shot, who don't have the mental constitution, who don't believe in any of this stuff, who don't want to just be a body, Imagine just the multiple levels of pressure that that's putting people under to do what we think is the right thing. What's going to be the easy thing? Because we're not dealing with people who have fine moral fiber. We're dealing with people who have taken the shot, who are most likely just wanting a paycheck and just want to go home and watch Netflix, just like you. Or get on Twitter and get on social media. We're not dealing with people who want to take the country back, who, 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 are, who are driven. You understand? That would be a it would be a frightening scenario. It is a frightening scenario because that is a future situation. I don't think we'll have a rogue National Guard members shooting migrants in the water saying America first. I think that might be like a false flag type situation, but that is for sure our type of future. Uh, you know, because we're, we're we're seeing that take place. We're seeing the seeds of that kind of chaos uh, take place. Speaking of seeds of chaos. Death of satanic cultist's mother has been ruled accidental. They found fatal levels of fentanyl and other pre-existing health conditions were noted as contributing factor. An article by Ken Silva from Headline USA, they put this up February 21st. It says that the Knoxville Police Department said Wednesday that the high-profile death of a satanic cultist's mother was, quote, accidental, with fatal levels of fentanyl and other pre-existing health conditions contributing to her passing. KPD's update on the death of Melanie Spites comes weeks after footage surfaced online of her son, Kyle Spites, who was a member of the Satanic Cult 764, apparently discovering her body in a hotel room. That video coincidentally came weeks after both Kyle and Melanie appeared in a separate video, viral video of Melanie's boyfriend shooting Kyle in the ear at point-blank range. Well, what is this? It says in the video of Kyle apparently discovering his mom's body, he can be heard saying, quote, I just woke up and there's blood everywhere and my mom won't breathe. And I'm effing scared. Mom, mom, please wake up. Please, this is so traumatizing. The video further shows hair covering Melanie's face with blood-soaked cheeks over the bed nearby. 
Kyle's satanic affiliations left some online commenters speculating about the cause of Melanie's death. In an interview with Headline USA earlier this month, Kyle's father denied that his son had anything to do with Melanie's death, explaining that she overdosed on drugs. This week, KPD corroborated the father's account of what happened, saying, quote, her death is not believed to be suspicious. There was no sign of external injury or trauma. KPD communications manager Scott Erland told Headline USA in an email on Monday. Two days later, Erland said, quote, the medical examiner has ruled Melanie Spites' cause of death is accidental, saying that fatal levels of fentanyl and other pre-existing health conditions were noted as, a, a, as contributing factors. whole lot of stuff going on here. You know, I, I, reading just that, I'm thinking to myself, is this kid, is this kid a Satanist? Is he one of those YouTube prankers? Uh, you know, is he, is he just a degenerate druggie that's, you know, off of fentanyl? whole lot of stuff going on here. I didn't even know this stuff happened last week. I didn't even know that these types of things were happening. But I mean, it's 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 what's going on. We hear about it. Satanists, drugs, could be suicide, could be sacrifice, could be ritual, could be a lot of different things, could actually be accidental. And I think that's what's crazy. Uh, even Satanists are falling prey to drugs drugs and death. Colorado Representative Scott Bottoms confirms that people are buying one to five-year-old children for sex. Now, there's a reason why we're, 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 we're jumping right into this, right? We're going from brain chips uh, to human brains to New York being labeled a, la- a loser stake by, by Kevin O'Leary to now we're talking about five or, one to five-year-olds being, being bought for sex. This is just to give you like a backdrop of what's actually going on, right? Human trafficking, child sex trafficking, all these different things. They're very well connected. I've got an article later on in the show, too. Videos, news clip about cannibalism. 45 people being arrested for, for, for cannibalism. And so we're, we're in that time frame, ladies and gentlemen. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like people are not well. People are not well. There is a spirit of death, destruction lawlessness and chaos and stability and ignorance that is just like sweeping through and this is this is this is a part of this this is a part of so much you know i i say these things child sex trafficking child sex abuse satanic ritual abuse cannibalism i just say them all very quickly in passing and in a weird way, they are kind of dehumanizing because what are we really talking about? Like we're, we're, we're talking about the evil being so strong and so present these days that it is able to get a hold of people and literally want to make them eat other people. And that's what feeds these people's delusion. It's not just like a, and that's what's crazy. Like we have people who actually are delusional. We have people that are sick. We have people that that, that have disassociated. And I, I find myself just referring back to, you know, what Russ Dizdar said about the Black Awakening and how you know, there was going to come a time in the future where we're seeing it now. And this is all the revelation means, the apocalypse. It's just the revealing of all this where, where this darkness is just so apparent that it, that, that unfortunately it will consume you too. And, it, and, and, and something like this 
because my daughter's two years old, the idea, the, the, the very thought of her going through any of what these children have had to go through is like, it, 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 it breaks my heart, man. Let me, let's play this. Let's play this because again, we've got other stuff to get through. This is just to put a backdrop to explain what's going on in the world. People don't believe that human trafficking is real, child sex trafficking is real, uh, satanic ritual abuse is real. Uh, people wonder why we get so worked up over pedophiles and you know what's going on down there at the border and how easy it is for people to snatch these children and things like this. This is an epidemic. And they, that's what I'm saying. We The same way there's like a school to prison pipeline, there is a pipeline to how these kids end out out of the hands of their actual parents uh, so let's let's listen to this scott bottoms uh from the color from, from colorado talk about this and then we'll continue on from there these are the times that i am discouraged about my job as a representative and also just what happens here at the capitol we sat in a committee all day discussing whether or not somebody that buys little children these are two three four five year old kids and they buy them for sex that we tried to get a bill through, Representative Bradley sent one through, that was going to put these buyers in jail. Right now, most of the time, they get off on probation. Almost all the time, they get off on probation after buying a child and raping a little child. And we tried to say, well, they need to at least serve a minimum of four years. And then we sat and listened to the Democrats fight against this bill, fight against putting these people in jail, and came up with all kinds of reasons, including that these buyers are victims themselves. This is very discouraging, and it's also very disgusting for me that they would actually defend this. And then they voted completely along party lines. The Democrats voted 100% that they did not want to put these pedophiles in jail. They defended the pedophiles. This is why it's so difficult sometimes to do what we do around here. We know we're on the side of right. We know we're on the side of morality. And we get shot down by, I do not understand the thought process behind this, but we do get shot down. This is why I would encourage you to do a few things to help us with this. First, if you believe in prayer at all, please pray. We are fighting truly dark forces here. Yes, you this are. This is not okay. This is evil stuff that we're doing. Yes, it is. And if you have the ability to come up and testify on, on bills or anything like this, please do so. Your voice is very important to what we're trying to accomplish around here. We are the minority, but with you, we become a powerful force. Uh, he's right, because we are, face we are facing evil. Every week we get up here, this isn't my opinion. You don't need, again, you don't need me to sit up over here and talk about like hashtag the occult world, you know, the witches that bind Trump, uh, Hex Brett Kavanaugh, right? You don't need to talk about the satanic uh, covens and circles that are out there. They're out here now. You see them. You see them. What we need to do is start rallying individuals like this, rallying the doctors, rallying the scientists, rallying the politicians. You know why this is so terrifying? You know why this is so crazy as like a, a, a reality? Just a few months ago, we were talking about uh, how they were bringing people literally from prisons straight to little to Denver, Colorado, little towns out there, little areas, little neighborhoods. And now we're getting reports about how children one to five years old are being just like sold and bought. We're being told that the buyers are victims themselves. That 
they defend pedophiles. Just last week, I paid for you how somebody could get free housing in Portland using a public defender because that's how upside down things are. So, yeah, no, it is a spiritual battle in which we are facing in the the matrix. Is 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 it's off the charts. It is it, it's next level. And the system, though, and this is what we have to keep in mind. It's not just evil in the world, folks. The system, the universe, is delivering karma a lot faster. And that's why we have to start unifying. That's why you hear me talking about this concept of force multiplying, growing, like amplifying our work, expanding everything we're doing. There's not just evil out there. And as it steps up, we do too. We do too. But this is absolutely terrible. Again, moving forward, with some of just more of the crazy stuff that's happening, right? This is me trying to get to the talking of cannibalism and the arrests that go on with that and everything else that that pertains to this. Look at this. Bodies of Alabama prison inmates are getting organs taken. And 2023 had the most deaths ever. Think about how crazy this is. As I was just getting this article together, trying to figure out where to put this, well, I'm thinking to myself, how many of those prisoners, how many of those inmates took the vaccine? Did they did they tell all the people in the in the in the prison they had to take these these shots? That's a fresh supply of organs right there, untainted. Especially whenever we start talking about what's going on with the Red Cross. Giving vaccinated blood to unvaccinated people. Well, people in prisons, they get three meals a day, they're taken care of, their body bags, essentially, right? I would not put it past the controlling elite to start harvesting our organs from inmates. Did you know people's organs are going missing in Alabama's prisons? Missing all of his organs. Missing organs. Missing organs. Four families have now come forward saying their loved one's body was returned to them missing organs. In one case, they were missing all of them. Alabama provided zero explanation for what happened to the organs. It's believed the organs were given to students at University of Alabama for laboratory exercises. But none of the families nor the incarcerated people gave permission to use their organs. Brandon Dodson was 43 when he was found at an Alabama prison. His body was returned to his family, missing his heart. His family filed a lawsuit against the Department of Corrections, claiming that they illegally took his organs without asking their permission. Since then, several other families have come forward to join the lawsuit, saying that their loved one was also returned to their missing organs. This is a particularly worrisome pattern, considering Alabama Department of Corrections last year set a record with 325 deaths at their prisons. That's almost one person dead for every day of the year. The lawsuit states that this is nothing short of great robbery and body mutilation. It seems the horrors of Alabama's prison system doesn't even stop at death. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. Uh, to, to, to the point to a rate of where one person is almost dying every day. That's like, a, again, that's a spirit of death, a spirit of lawlessness, a spirit of destruction. I can't help but think as I'm hearing this report on this. That's well, that's what we hear about in China. We hear that type of stuff in China. We hear about organ harvesting in China, right? With the with the Falun Gong Muslims. Why would that be going on here? Well, again, they need a fresh supply of organs. They need new blood. That's why they're importing all these migrants and more. Forward. 45 people arrested for being child predators, prostitutes, human traffickers, child sex, child traffickers. And wanting to eat children. Yes, cannibalism. The sheriff told us about a man who said he wanted to eat a child. Yes, a child. 
eat her as in cannibalism. And that was just one of the shocking details we heard at the press conference. Justin Bensing, who wanted an underage girl as a sex slave, got probation. Only probation. Quote, a gentleman wanted a person brought to him that he could eat and physically cannibalize. Quote, that was Justin Teeter Bensing, who also, according to his this warrant, planned to kidnap a child and make her drink her own pee to get him off. You want to talk about the depravity of humanity? Look at these people. This is this is the type of stuff that we're dealing with, okay? And this is the type of stuff that people can't really fathom. And the same way that I'm playing clips for you guys of just, boom, it'll happen like that. Boom, it happens just like this. Look what what happened with uh what happened with the Israel Hamas conflict, right? You have those people out there in the raves enjoying their time, and then boom, out of nowhere, they're just getting shot. They're dead. I played clips where people are sitting in the backyard grilling, and in the distance they're hearing gunshots. What's happening at this year's football, uh, 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 the Super Bowl? People having a good time, shots popping off. This is just how it works. You know, because we're living in a bubble. We're still trying to make things normal. As society erodes, some of the evil and wicked and creepy, crazy crap just starts creeping through. And there is a dark, evil, satanic underbelly that has, uh, this is the this is the real black market. They're just living underneath the subsect of society. And so when they talk about, you know, the buyers being victims themselves, well, look at all these pedophiles. Look, 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 look at all these transgender people. Look at all these, these, these wicked, not, they're not wicked. Look at these victims trying to victimize other people. That's how this works. But then you get to a point to where, well, you think, oh, I'm going to be smarter than them. No, you're just doing more sophisticated levels of evil. And that's what we're doing. Just iterations of continual sophisticated. There's always been human trafficking. There's always been organ trafficking. There's always been child trafficking. But imagine if you can go over to a website and buy a child the same way you would order something off of Amazon. That's where we are right now. And they can get that child through the southern border so easily and literally have them delivered to your front door or dropped off at a safe house. Do you understand how crazy this is? What I'm saying to you? This isn't like, oh, you know, Ted Gunderson, where he's researching, you know, why are there why are there tunnels? underneath children's schools, right? This isn't like the Hampstead children where, where they talk about their neighbors, the postman, the librarian, the doctor, the dentist, and everybody in their town being a part of like a satanic cult. This is just a random article about some dude saying, I wanted to order a child and physically cannibalize her. How do you get to that point? How do you get to a point to where you're, 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 you're ready? You're ready to cannibalize somebody. You did it. Who who is this a fair question? Have you eaten somebody else before? These are the type of I'm telling you, these type of people around here, we are surrounded by demons. We that's the I'm serious. You have demonically possessed and demonically oppressed people who are around here doing this type of stuff. No, no God-fearing individual would do these type of things. With somebody that's got that spirit of death that's going through saying, I need a new organ, I need new sets of organs every single day. Whatever is in charge of those type of spirits, that dark satanic underbelly, that's what we're that's what we're up against. This is just one recent news clip. He said wanted to eat a child. Yes, eat her. 
as in cannibalism. And that was just one of the shocking details we heard at that press conference this morning. A knock on the door. What's up, man? Met by guys in green. 45 people arrested for being child predators, prostitutes, johns, human traffickers, and this. A gentleman wanted a person brought to him that he could eat, physically cannibalize. That was Justin Vincent, who also, according to this warrant, planned to kidnap a child and make her drink her own pee to get him off. You want to talk about the depravity of humanity? Look at these people. People like Assam Batros. He took an erectile dysfunction pill before he got there. And then he injected himself with testosterone into his genitals. All while thinking he was meeting a 14-year-old, like many of the people who knocked at this door. So you go. You're good. You're good, bro. During the course of the investigation, a lot of people admitted that they knowingly had sexually transmitted diseases. And they were willing to have sex with a 14-year-old. Understand that, folks, and I hate to sound gross. This is what's crazy is out here in Greenville County. This is South Carolina, my old stomp grounds. I'm from Florence, Florence County, from Florence and Marion and Camden. But this is out there in Carolina, bro. People, people doing this type of evil, wicked, degenerate stuff. That that Satanist cult mother dying off of fentanyl. What did this guy just describe? Some dude that's gotten who knowingly has STDs taking an ED drug and then injecting within his, 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 his man parts, testosterone. So sexually transmitted demons using drugs, using drugs to accelerate like this, 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 this already delusional thought process. I can't help but think of stuff that Ale like Aleister Crowley would do stuff like this. Aleister Crowley would be very proud of these type of people. Do as thou will shall be the whole of the law. But let's, let's, let's look at this individual real quick. Who is this guy? Who is this man that wants to eat children? Where who were his friends? Justin Teeter Bensing. Who were who are you? Who do you talk to? What pages do you follow? And then and that's a real thing. There's subtleties and nuances that these people use to communicate. It's a language. Because they know they can't come out there outright and say it. They're evil and they're strange. But that's what they know. They're evil. And they're willing to do these things. They're willing to carry out these things. They probably have in the past. They just got caught this time. And this is the evil that we're that we're sharing air and space with. And that's why it's that's why we're steamrolling into just intense times. We can't play, we can't play fifth fiddle with these people. I would shoot, I would shoot that man. I would end, unfortunately he has to end his life or he's gotta die. Because if he gets out. He's going to let his friends know and he's going to get smarter. Like you, you, you have to understand, like this is the crazy time frame that we live in. And that's just the backdrop of what's actually going on. <sighs> yeah. Texas university displays a satanic statue. People protest it, want it removed. So it says it is a satanic monument to child sacrifice and it should be burned with fire. This is just the headline. So when I'm, when I'm up here talking about the satanic temple, it's a very real issue. When I'm up here talking about child predators, it's a very real issue. When I'm up here talking about uh, child sex trafficking, very real issue. All uh, Satanists wanting abortion abortion tissue, 
for rituals, very real issue. People coming out here into New Mexico to where they conduct uh, rituals and abortions at the same time, very real issue. It's, it's, it's spreading. Okay. And that's why you hear me in response saying we need to force multiply. The devil has his games. So do we, we have tricks too. We have moves we need to make. They're not the only ones that can get smarter here. Let's continue on and close out the, let's start getting to the, the end of this segment. This is just the honorable mentions just to start the show with everything else that's going on. We've got a whole nother, <laughs> a whole lot of stuff coming up for you guys just to explain this man. And I've got articles that I didn't even know how to fit into this. I'm just going to fly through them after I get, get through these, these, these selected ones. Um, it says that America's first 15 minute city has been created in Tampa, Arizona, an article by Nima Harris from the people's voice. They put this up February 18th. It says that a Tempe or Tempe, Arizona neighborhood called cul-de-sac is the first community in the nation to be designed around car-free living. Cul-de-sac is being described as America's first example of a quote, 15 minute city, a vision promoted by globalist elite. And the concept is being pitched as a more environmentally friendly place where residents can get to know their neighbors better. Infowars.com reports that a 12 news report promoted the community as helping with sustainability and talked with a cul-de-sac employee who bragged about the alternative transportation in the neighborhood. Gas vehicles are literally prohibited from the area, as the employee told 12 News residents can own one as long as they don't park it on site. Quote, can you, Im- can you imagine living on top of your grocery store? The employee asked the news outlet, what's the appeal of living on top of a grocery store? Of course, the development will be used to push the similar Agenda 2030 nightmare and neighborhoods across America. Meanwhile, it is something that has been in the works for the past three years, and now the first car-free neighborhood built from scratch in all of America is officially open in Tempe. Get this. It's the first ever agreement between a developer and a city for zero residential parking. Team 12's Trisha Hendricks shows us how the folks there embracing a car-free lifestyle and how it's helping with innovation and sustainability a dream in the making. Check it out. It's a community in Tempe where you won't see any cars. We have zero residential parking. It's called cul-de-sac. We have a completely walkable neighborhood. Erin Boyd leads government and external affairs. Instead of having a parking lot, we have places for people to shop, to enjoy hanging out with each other, and a whole load of ways to get around. For founding residents, an e-bike is included in the cost. Unlimited rides on the light rail. We also have electric vehicles for rent. They also have scooters for rent and 15% off all lift rides to and from the site. Here you'll find lots of shade, beautiful artwork, and no asphalt. We find that most of our residents actually don't have a car. And for people who want to try a car-free lifestyle, they can still keep their car. It just has to be parked off-site. This unique approach to urban planning prioritizes pedestrian-friendly spaces, green areas, and sustainable living. Can you imagine living on top of your grocery store? So that is like an amazing perk of living at cul-de-sac. We also have a coffee shop on site, a co-working space, a bike shop, as well as a restaurant and a food truck park with weekly markets. By eliminating cars from the neighborhood, the design team aimed to create a more connected and environmentally conscious community. If you have bike trouble, just take your bike into your local neighborhood mechanic and they're right downstairs. The hope is that this pioneering concept will serve as a model for future developments across the country. By getting rid of your private car, you can actually reduce your carbon footprint by over 50%. The community will be opening in phases, and by the time the whole project is done, it will include 760 apartments. In Tempe, Trisha Hendricks, 
12 News. Pretty cool to see there, Trisha. Thanks. If you are interested in this walkable lifestyle, they have plenty of events coming up that are open to the public. Yeah, so all that really is is just offering you slavery and austerity measures in a cool package, right? This is just the, the beginning rollout of the 15-minute cities. It's so cool. It's so trendy. There's no cars. Just get rid of your car, and you can you can remove 15% of your, your carbon emissions. Isn't that wonderful? Right? You, don't, you never have to leave the site. And I don't know. I think maybe because I used to have, like, an apartment, and now that I have, like, a yard and dogs and chickens and stuff, I couldn't imagine it. But, I mean, you, you know what this is. That's the austerity measures. That's them getting you used to less electric bikes, carless life. You can take the light trail. We have look. We have we have rotating trucks that come through every single week, right? They're making it trendy, but but at the same time, I don't know. I, I look at this, and part of me can't help but think that this is this is not America. That's not American. That's something that you would see like uh, like in the Middle East or in other countries, right? Where everybody's just kind of like huddled together and living in like this enclosed area. Uh, I couldn't imagine like 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 think about a classic American neighborhood, even if it's like a cookie cutter type neighborhood, right? That's what you can you can you can picture. They're trying to redefine what a neighborhood looks like. It's just like this little district, this little area, this little hub, this little section of like a sprawling space that you have access to. I don't know if I'm able to quite explain that, right? But this is them saying, hey, you're not going to have houses. You're not going to have cars. This is them eliminating the concept of privacy. You're not going to have yards. You're not going to have any of that stuff. But you are going to have, you know, light trails and you're going to have bikes and a mechanic and rotating food trucks. That's going to be awesome, right? They're getting you used to having less. And this is one of the steps to doing so uh, right here. Moving forward, Democrat politicians in Chicago have now placed over 3000 illegal immigrants in this abandoned factory alone. This is a post put up by Dom Lucre, breaker of narratives over on Twitter, says they are taking resources away from the black community to compensate what they call, quote, the new Americans. What is even more disturbing is the fact that this factory is confidently uh, confidently beside the union building where they were able to register to vote. I think they mean conveniently. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is it. So as I'm sitting over here saying, oh man, this is un-American. Like Americans wouldn't live in this. Well, this, it's not for you. It's for the new Americans. New Americans would love that. They would look at that and say, oh my gosh, look at how much space. These new Americans have been traveling through the jungles and would be blessed to have a spot like that. Because you see what I'm saying? The 15-minute cities, that's so convenient. They would never have to leave. They won't have to migrate or travel or anything ever again. They'll own nothing and they'll be happy. But think about that. As you're, as I'm sitting here recording, trying to talk to you guys about my yard, my chickens, my dogs, my life, things like this. These new Americans, they're coming through. They want this simplicity. They don't want to have to deal with all these things that, well, we were told as Americans to, 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 to go after, to pursue. These are for the new Americans. But let's hear how they're treating these new Americans by putting them in abandoned buildings. Having like to regulate them. But when I first came by here a couple of months ago, they were just driving like they were in Venezuela somewhere. I guess the police come over here now and don't allow them to 
this park all down the hill there. I guess they, the part of what they were doing was blocking the exit to this business. Again, y'all see how we open now. Is a Trump administration. It only stopped this with a Trump administration. We call on Trump. Uh, we call on the people to vote for Trump. So is it? Is it? Uh, all? Is no, it? Here goes some more. I mean, they, they all coming. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Check it out, Don. Oh, so they coming from school? You think? Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, you probably they have to answer, ask the question, right? Right. Think about this: if they accommodated all these new children, then what resources are being taken from the United States citizens' uh, our children here in the city of Chicago? You know that these resources are being taken if they accommodate these people. Right. Wow. Yeah. See. They got no problem living in the 50 minutes. How, how do you even uh, um, uh, register these children in school? If they're not legal, how do you register them in school? Title one dollars are for United States children, just as public housing is for United States citizens. So how do they accommodate these children in school? Now we already have a sort of shortage of resources. For children in the city, it is right. No, those, those are the new Americans, my friend. Those are the new Americans. You're, you're. We're, we're talking. We're talking about this old world order. This thing that we're still trying to prop up. These guys are a part of this globalist America. These are the new Americans. Let's move forward. U.S. general blows whistle on Chinese border crossers, saying they're coming to slaughter us. She's, <laughs> you know, the water's wet, the sky is blue. This is another article from the People's Voice. Uh, they put this up February 18th. It says that a retired Air Force general has blown the whistle on the imminent threat facing Americans that nobody in the mainstream media appears to be talking about. According to General Blaine Holt, China is laying the groundwork for an attack by the U uh, for the attack against the U.S. by exploiting the porous open southern border. To quote, tens of thousands of military-age men have come across the border and are now in America, organized by a group of nationality. Holt told the Gatestone Institute, quote, among them are terrorists and state actors, and in particular, members of the People's Liberation Army of China. As we speak, these actors are training, making plans, and obtaining weapons, watching our patterns, and learning our vulnerabilities. Quote, we are vulnerable to attack, Holt continued. Our enemies eagerly await. And look, look at this. Looks like there's a, 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 some Twitter footage of Asians shooting guns in the desert. Let's look at this. Let's see if we can get this up. Look at this. I can't even... Is Google going to translate this? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it is, but. Just some cheeky Asian dude. Just some cheeky Asian guys out here training in the desert. No big deal. Oh, look, they even got the wife out, bro. See, this was my mother. This was my mother as a Marine out there uh, sniping. Hey, Chingo, this is the red. I don't know what the red is. This is the red. 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 
I don't even know what these people are saying, but I'm going to follow this account. I'll follow this account. We're going to pay attention to this type of stuff. We're being set up for attack. Okay. And there's no more evidence than this. This is the final clip we'll play for the segment. And it just ties in everything, right? It ties in everything. Billionaires of apocalypse bunkers now have fire moats and decontamination rooms. From Mark Zuckerberg's $100 million fortress in Hawaii to Peter Thiel's New Zealand hideaway, billionaires are sparing no expense on survival bunkers. The ultra-rich are focusing on survival, pouring millions into bunkers now, reportedly with fire moats, water cannons, MRI machines, and even a parking lot or parking spot for a submarine. What do they know that we don't? I'm going to play this clip for you guys, and you know why they're building all this stuff. You know why Trump is building his wall. You know why New York is leaving, why all the businesses are leaving New York because what's on the dollar bills, the fact that New York might eventually get flooded, a tsunami might hit it. You know all these things and more. So do they. And they know that we know. But we don't, unfortunately, have the resources to move like that. And this is why you see me moving in different ways as I've come back into this work in the space. We don't have a lot of time. I wish I could come up with something that had a $50,000 trap door or fire moat or, or or could even afford like a submarine. These people are expecting long periods of destabilization that we're going to have a, at least like three years of just potentially having no power and no electricity and stuff like that. And look at what's happened with the electricity on. Look, 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 look at the world that's being created while we still have some semblance of like civility and, 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 and normalcy. Let me play this quick clip and then we'll continue it on. We'll, we'll close out this segment, but uh, here is, here it is. Vice news talking about deep underground military bases for rich folks. Billionaires are prepping luxury doomsday bunkers with moats that set on fire. The newest trend for the uber rich is building underground shelters complete with $50,000 trap doors, parking spaces for submarines, water cannons, and a moat that literally sets on fire in case of intruders. Here is a literal rendering of how it would work in case of an external attack. According to builders of these luxury bunkers, the buying frenzy began after Meta founder Mark Zuckerberg announced that he was constructing a $100 million bunker in Hawaii. It got really busy, and it seems like the phone hasn't stopped ringing. World War III seems to be coming, Ron Hubbard, CEO of Atlas Survival Shelters, told The Hollywood Reporter. Renderings show a state of the art medical room, complete with an MRI machine and top of the line equipment. Of course, a state of the art escape tunnel is a must, and so are bulletproof trap doors leading to secret passageways. With the pandemic top of mind, builders have also thought of decontamination rooms. If the bunker somehow fails in apocalypse, parking spaces for extraction devices like super yachts, helicopters, and submarines can also be thoughtfully implemented into the space. Billionaires are prepping luxury doomsday bunkers with moats that set on fire. The new- we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are at play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. 
You have owners. They own you. Forbidden Club. Because if you know, you know. Understand what's going on around you. You are in a state of war. And you have precious little time to save yourself. It's a slow process which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not. time bomb is ticking but every second the disaster is coming closer and closer the danger is real welcome back ladies and gentlemen i'm your host noise era freedom faction whichever one you prefer this is show number 1406, season 14, episode 6. We're jumping into the directionless denizens segment of this episode. Uh, what's what's crazy is I didn't even go through like the honorable mentions, like the, the additional ones that I pulled aside. Like that's what's crazy. Uh, so what I'm going to do real quick before we jump into the Tucker Carlson article about him interviewing uh, Julian Assange's wife, is I'm just going to read through them all. I'm going to read through them. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be tempted. You know what? Maybe I just go ahead and do this. Maybe I just sit here and pull this up for you guys. So you can see Yeah, right there. So you can see when I'm, when I'm talking about the show notes, we actually have show notes. I'm trying to upload every single week's show notes uh, for the exclusive members, because everything we're talking about is archived and, and documented. We have sources. We're not just pulling this out of our, our keister. Uh, so yeah, this is what our show notes look like. I'm just going to read through these quick, very quickly, right? I wish I could have talked about them in the previous segment, but I didn't know where to fit them. Things are just getting out of control. Um, FBI investigating Illinois Democrat Mayor Tiffany Henneyard for abuse of power after she shut down businesses that don't that don't donate to her. Uh, so just a, a little tyrant, a little tyrant with a T. Uh, World War III watch, Houthis sink British ship in the Red Sea, shoot down U.S. Reaper drone, attack two U.S. ships in the Gulf of Aden. 
and they were they were successful. Uh, and as I said before, they were able to recover a a a drone, an underwater drone. Um, we were going to play a video about TV TV drug ads and how they're more about selling pharmaceuticals, taking over media. Doctor Phil appeared on uh, Joe Rogan's show talking about the indoctrination of vulnerable trans children, something else you guys are very much familiar with that we discuss over here on the show. Uh, in New York City, apparently there was a cathedral that held a mass of reparation to atone for sacrilegious tranny funeral. Absolute, you know, just heretical lunacy. Imagine a transgender individual inside of church saying we need to pay reparations or, or, or white people need to pay reparations for this. Insane. Um, a trucker saying that the boycott in New York City is bigger than Trump. An article about Democrat-led sanctuary states and, set, and how they funneled millions in COVID aid to support illegals. UK study government confirms uh, fluoridation causes brain damage. So we're not just talking about, you know, um, atrazine, the chemical in the water that turns the frogs gay. But we're also talking about fluoride and how that damages the brains and how they, you can tell. You can tell people that drink the water, you know. Nobody drinks the water. That's why we all have filtration systems. Um, we might be get we'll, we'll be getting into this in this segment. Uh, Hillary Clinton saying that Trump's going to turn the U.S. military on Americans, saying that Trump wants to be a dictator. There isn't some isn't there isn't isn't true to that. It's kind of crazy how these people speak. And it goes on and on. You know, lockdowns cause hundreds of thousands of death and despair, but our political elites refuse to 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 acknowledge it. The government outlawing a financial recession. Mexican drug cartels fighting over Montana because it's the last best place to sell illicit drugs in America. Um, AI quickly resorting to, to, to launching nuclear weapons as a method to resolve conflicts in, in a war simulation. And just it goes on and on and on. Boy meets world star details grooming and manipulation by guest star convicted of child sex abuse. Uh, so this was all stuff I couldn't figure out where to put into the show. Uh, that you guys just need to know is there. It's still going on in the backdrop outside of cyber attacks, outside of, you know, infrastructure crippling, all these other things. This is what's take cannibalism, right? Satanists dying accidentally, satanic statues being placed. You know, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. So let's go ahead and get into, again, the remaining parts of this segment. A um, lot of stuff to get into. Some of it cultural, some of it political, some of it social, mostly here in America. Tucker Carlson interview. This isn't, you know, Tucker Carlson interviews wife of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is journalist faces extradition extradition. Carlson claims that the quote Biden administration is trying to kill the journalist Julian Assange for the crime of embarrassing the CIA. You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier, like today and yesterday. Isn't Julian Assange from South Af Africa as well? And so we have these like two eccentric people from South Africa, one that's actually like locked up for telling the truth. And then Elon Musk, one that's promoted in a weird way for telling the truth. While Julian Assange is like literally rotting in jail, doing what Elon Musk was doing back in the day. We see Elon Musk gallivanting around, accelerating things. To points to where we're, we're we're trying to wrap our heads around where he fits in the plan, and so I just found that 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 crazy that as we're praising Elon Musk, Julian Assange is is, is rotting in prison. 
this is an article that comes from Valiant News. They put this up seven hours ago. It's by Vincent De La Cruz. It says, in an unannounced event that came amid international scrutiny, Tucker Carlson sat down with Stella Assange, a wife of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, for an exclusive interview on his new platform X and the Tucker Carlson Network. The interview, released today, sheds light on the ongoing legal battle surrounding Julian Assange and the potential implications of his extradition to the United States. During the interview, Stella discussed the recent developments in her, hus- in her husband's case and the potential consequences of his extradition. She expressed concerns about the potential violation of her husband's human rights and the impact it could have on press freedom worldwide. So we're not going to watch this in, in its entirety. We're only going to watch a little bit of it just so we can get it on there for, for continuity and for the record's sake. Uh, this is this is important because if we didn't have if we didn't have Julian Assange, we wouldn't have WikiLeaks. And if we didn't have WikiLeaks, we wouldn't have the Podesta emails. We wouldn't have spirit cooking. We wouldn't have a lot of the things that we now have as confirmational evidence of how crazy these people are. Uh, but let's let's watch a little bit of this and then we'll continue on with the segment. Okay, let's uh maybe we have to watch it on X. Maybe let's see. For more than a decade, Julian Assange is so despised by elements within the permanent US government that at one point CIA director Mike Pompeo discussed murdering him in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, where he was seeking asylum. Mike Pompeo has never been charged for that, which is a crime. Unelected bureaucrats can't just murder people they don't like, um, and he probably never will be charged with a crime. Virtually the entire ruling class in Washington is opposed to Julian Assange, and that's the reason that he has sat for years now in Belmarsh Prison in London. Keep in mind, Julian Assange has not been charged with a crime in Great Britain, and yet he's being held there. So this fall, we went to Belmarsh, and we asked Julian Assange, why do you think you're being held as the most wanted man in America without ever being charged with a real crime. Here's what he told us. We talked about why he is in prison. And my first question to him was, what do you think this is actually about since you haven't been accused of a crime? And he said something that really struck me. And, and I think having spent my life in Washington is absolutely right. He said he first became famous when WikiLeaks published uh, documents and videos that the US government had kept secret from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. They were gravely embarrassing to the Pentagon. Um, but that's that wasn't the red line. The red line was several years later when WikiLeaks published information about surveillance by the CIA. And so I asked him directly, are you aware of anyone being harmed or killed on the basis of, of information that he published? He said, of course not. And, and he said it in a sincere way. Like, by the way, I think if people were killed because of his publishing, because of the stories that he put online, he would feel bad about it. I mean, he seems like a humane person. He went to, he withheld information about CIA because he didn't want to get people hurt. He famously published the contents of Hillary Clinton's email account. I asked him, when you published these emails, did you realize how powerful Hillary Clinton was? We had a conversation about that and I said, looking back, you know, do you regret doing that? He goes, honestly, it was fun. 
You'll notice that Julian Assange was not in that clip. That was a recap of our conversation with Julian Assange and the reason. Okay, we get it. To- we're going we're gonna to move forward so we can get some of the testimony from his actual wife. Uh, as much as we appreciate the work of Tucker, let's get uh, the wife on. Uh, we didn't know when we were coming into it yesterday whether we would have a decision today. And if the UK decides in favor of the US, then it will put Julian on a plane to the US. I mean, that is how imminent it is. So really, it's it's um, it's a very, very high risk moment for Julian. And what happened during uh, these two days is that uh, the the two judges said that they would withhold their their decision uh, until well, they haven't set a date, but um, at least a week. Uh, and so we don't know what will happen next. This It remains the case that if he loses this round, then that's it in the UK. There's no further possibility for appeal. Um, he can try to go to the European Court of Human Rights. But last year, uh, only one only one application to the European Court of Human Rights to stop an extradition or deportation was granted out of 63 applications. So it's really just in uh, extremely rare cases, of course, we say this is one of them. This is one where there would be irreparable harm. And of course, the European Court of Human Rights uh, should stop an extradition if if the UK finds against him, but it's not a given. So uh, Julian could be on US soil within a matter of weeks. Uh, that's still the case. I'm I'm confused by the role of the UK in this. As far as I understand, he's never been charged with a crime in the United Kingdom. Um, and yet the UK government is holding him, holding a journalist without charging him. I mean, this is what we accuse Russia and Iran and North Korea of doing. Why are British politicians degrading their own system and their history on behalf of the United States government? I feel like I'm missing something here. Well, this is the uh, this is the default uh, state of affairs. The the UK views itself as a lapdog. I mean, it was obvious in court at one point. One of the judges asked the U.S. Uh, well, if if uh, the your argument is that if the Home Secretary sees that there's that the U.S. issued this extradition request. Um, and that it's wrong on the face of it that she wouldn't be able to do anything. And okay. and the U.S. lawyers said, yeah, that's precisely right. It's completely lopsided. The U.S. can do whatever it wants, basically. And that was part of their arguments in court. I mean, not to get too too much into the weeds of the court proceedings, but basically what they were saying was you have to take these statements of these prosecutors at face value. You don't you know, you don't want to offend um, the United States, our ally. Okay. I would recommend you guys go take a look at that if you guys want to watch it in its entirety, right? We're going to go ahead and proceed forward. Um, again, we're just seeing a breaking of laws unilaterally. That's that's what this is. That's why it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense because they're, they're, they're being totalitarian dictators. They're telling you, you will obey, right? That's what's happening right now. Whether or not he... Like that's what's crazy is the system always likes when you do things for it. It hates whenever you go against the system. And that's why they're really putting the the, the hammer uh, to Julian Assange. And that's why when Tucker Carlson asked, did you know how powerful Hillary Clinton was? He did not. Or at least he did. And this is, again, an example of her power. Uh, speaking of Hillary Clinton, she has called Trump a wannabe dictator, claims that he is, quote, enamored of Putin. 
This is an article by Christina Lawley from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 18th. It says twice failed presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton spoke with far left reporter Christiane Amanpour about the stalled Senate aid bill that funds foreign countries were largely while largely ignoring the U.S. border crisis. Earlier this month, it says the Republican senators voted against advancing a compromised border security bill that would have allocated more money to foreign countries. Let's 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 we get that. We get that. We get that. Hillary Clinton dusted off her old playbook and said that she called Trump a wannabe dictator and claimed, quote, he is enamored with Putin. Quote, if this foreign aid bill from the Senate was ever put to the floor of the House, it would pass overwhelmingly, Clinton said. But House Republicans, quote, are not doing America's business. They're doing Donald Trump's business. He's a wannabe dictator. Why is Donald Trump so enamored with with, with Putin? And it's and it's and it, again, it's funny. Moving from Julian Assange to Hillary Clinton, talking about Donald Trump being a dictator. There's some type of irony that I'm unable to, you know, encapsulate right there. But we we know what this is, and I'm not sure if this is the full clip, but she begins to lay out the plan for martial law. And again, how they would set the stage for Trump to be a dictator. And it's not even Trump that they would be putting in as a dictator. It's the system they it's the system itself that they want to that they want to take over and just steamroll and convert into this 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 totalitarian oligarchy. But let's go ahead and play this quick clip and then we'll kick it up from there. Can Ukraine survive another year? Will the United States step up? And will the United States continue to be uh, a leader of NATO, given uh, former President Trump's recent comments? You know, President Biden said this week, supporting this bill, the one for foreign aid and military aid, is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is uh, playing into Putin's hands. Yes. What? You're a former senator. (laughs) You know, the Senate came kicking and screaming, but they passed it, but the House hasn't passed it. Where do you think, you know, in the political realm, this is going to go? Well, one thing I know for sure, if this bill from the Senate were ever put on the floor of the House, it would pass. It would pass uh, overwhelmingly because the people who are preventing it, starting with the uh, speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, um, are not doing America's business. They're doing Donald Trump's business. And why is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He has told us that repeatedly. He even said the other day, let's uh, basically get out of NATO and, you know, encourage Putin to do what he wants to do. How absurd a statement that is cannot even be, you know, measured um, because you are essentially giving a green light to a murderous, brutal dictator. Nobody who is siding with Trump on this issue would want to live under that kind of regime. I want to ask you, though, you said if it came to the floor of the House, it would pass yes, overwhelmingly. It would. We know that the majority of Americans believe and support NATO yes. and they, they, they want to support it. But why do you think that then? Why isn't it coming to the floor of the House? Well, this is one of the great political mysteries of our time, because there are Republicans who feel that they took an oath to Donald Trump not to uh, the United States of America. And I don't say that lightly, but I cannot understand it. There are people I served with in the Senate for eight years who have turned on America in order to uh, curry favor with Trump. I don't recognize these people. Uh, These are people who I worked with, that uh, I traveled with, and to hear what's coming out of their mouths now is just shocking to me. So there's something going on in this minority of the Republican members of Congress, particularly in the House, 
that makes them seem as though they're a member of the Trump cult, not that they took an oath to serve our country and you know work on behalf of their constituents. I'm hoping that um, you know better heads will prevail and we will get that vote. For those who say this is just Trump in campaign mode. No, that's not true, Christian. You need to listen to him and take him seriously. He is telling us what he wants to do. He wants to be. I, I just have to stop right there and we're going to back it up, dude. Hillary Clinton genuinely sounds like not, not pissed, but concerned and worried. She's like, no, Christiane, you need to listen to what he's saying. Like he, she's, she's, she's cutting her off. Let's play that back one more time. Um, you know, better heads will prevail and we will get that vote. For those who say this is just Trump in campaign mode. No, that's not true, Christiane. You need to listen to him and take him seriously. He is telling us what he wants to do. He wants to be a dictator on day one. He wants to uh, round up people because of the way they look. You know, they may or may not be undocumented. It doesn't matter to him. He wants to call out the army to do that. He wants to use, you know, the Insurrection Act to militarize American law enforcement. He has a whole team of right-wing uh, thinkers, so to speak, who are coming up with an agenda called Project 2025. He wants to rid the government of any kind of independent expertise. So, you know, he wants people who will say when he said memorably during COVID, maybe you should inject yourself with bleach. Instead of looking shocked, they'll say, yes, sir, Mr. President. That's what he wants. He wants to bend the government of the United States to his will, just like Vladimir Putin did to Russia. She sounds worried. She sounds worried. And she's also telling a little bit of the plan. I think we know what's coming next. Hillary Clinton worried about Donald Trump like that has me. Um, I don't I like that's a very, very interesting clip. That is a very, very interesting clip, a very telling trip. You could you could you could explain a lot again with her behavior, how she's responding to the, the, the questions, her analysis of Donald Trump, how seriously it, they, they, they see him. And again, you know, this could just be like more of the politic of the politicking, but we know what's going on here. We see what's paying attention. They're setting us up. Now, again, I would highly recommend you guys go back and listen to the Ezra's Eagle nuclear 9-11 prophecy, right? Without getting too bogged down into the weeds of the left and right paradigm of who's going to be elected, election madness, and all this other stuff that's going on, there are bigger things at play. And the system they're setting up that Donald Trump will inherit, he'll be the last president. Or Biden will be the last president. Like the last, I guess, like naturally selected president. Or select, I say selected because we, you, get, you get where I'm going with this. Hillary Clinton being that concerned lets me know that something else is coming up around the corner. When we talked about Trumping in the technocracy and how they're doing away with this old world system to create like a totalitarian dictatorship that somebody like Trump can step into because the population has been massively dumbed down. It's not about if, it's a matter of when. It's a matter of when and what that looks like. Let's continue forward. Uh, Nikki Haley says, next president will be a woman. It will either be me or Kamala Harris. This is something we've been teasing. Uh, you know, again, with this whole so, thought process of nuclear 9-11, does Donald Trump get elected? Is he allowed, if, if he is elected, is he allowed to serve? 
And when they turn him down, who steps into his place? So we're, we're just about out of time, but I, I've got to ask you, you had said earlier in this process that you will support Donald Trump if he wins the Republican nomination. But since you made that pledge, um, he has encouraged NATO, uh, he encouraged Russia, said he would encourage Russia uh, to do whatever the hell it wants uh, with, with a NATO ally. You have called him diminished, unhinged, unfit for office. Are you still making that pledge that you would actually support, after all of that, Donald Trump for president of the United States if he beats you for the Republican nomination? I mean, keep in mind, I am running against him no, I know. for a reason. I'm running against him because I don't think he should be the right, I don't think he's the right person at the right time. I don't think he should be president. The last thing on my mind is who I'm going to support. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to win this. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to make sure that we correct what's happening in America and we bring this country back together, allow her to heal and move on in a strong way. I'm not thinking about who I'm going to support in an election. But, but, but you've already said it. We are going to have a we are going to have a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. And if Donald Trump is the nominee of the in for the Republican oh, Party, he will not win. Every poll shows that he will not win. And we will have a president Kamala Harris. I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not stopping. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to do this for the long haul and we're going to finish it. Does that Oh man, what's crazy is I hate politicians speak. I hate politicians speak. It it, it sounds like a robot. It's like a, it sounds like an empty chat GPT robot. Uh, but she let the quiet part out loud right there. She let the quiet part out loud right there. And that's just a, a talking point that we keep hearing more and more and more. Is it going to be Michelle Obama? Is it going to be Kamala Harris? Right. Well, who's who's, who's going to be the VP? Who's 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 going to do all this? They're going to get Biden out. That's why you see this talking point coming out there already. He can't handle it. He's old. Like, uh, there needs to be new blood. What's going on? Oh, all these things. Maybe we should replace him. Well, look at this. Democrats are setting up Gavin Newsom to replace Biden. So this is what we're hearing. Gavin Newsom's going to get replaced. Or, I mean, uh, Biden's going to get replaced. Kamala could get replaced. That's why we keep covering these type of things, because they're telegraphing what's going to happen. I could play the clip, but I think you guys get the picture from there. Let's try to get uh, let's try to get a little bit more, mi- more momentum going on right here. Uh, here's another video clip from Dom Lecrae. He says footage of Chicago Black Democrats deciding to vote red for the first time, and one of the reasons why I wanted to play this right, right. One of the reasons why I wanted to play this is because as a black man, your host, I've I've I exist because I come from classical liberal. Southern Baptist raised Democrats, right? But then when I came out here to New Mexico and was exposed to and traveled and started to do stuff more, I began to see things differently. And so what I'm saying is I see all these beautiful black faces up here and I see my uncles, I see my cousins, I see, I see my nieces, I see my nephew, I see my mom, I see my dad. And I think about what that type of experience is when you finally hit that that point to where you're like the Democrat Party has nothing good for me, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm for conservatives or Republicans. This is a step towards awakening towards the two, the, the the duality two party uniparty system. This is a big a big moment for them. It's a big moment for a lot of people because pull back from this. These are the people that are going to have to stand up against migrants. You hear how intense and how engaged and radical sometimes I sound. 
These people aren't there yet. You are not there yet. Some folks are getting there. That's a good thing. You're not there yet. And we're not at the point of taking action. But the beautiful part is, is that these people are waking up to the ideological betrayal that they've signed up for. That's a good thing. I must come down. They only have us in this position because of propaganda. They only have us in this position because they took away our history and replaced it with something that never represented us. These are the same people that tell us what our culture is. These are the same people that gatekeep us. Like, think of Chicago itself, how beautiful the city is. The poetry, the art, and everything that comes from it. But yet, if you see any Chicago artists that make it, who's in charge of the culture? Who's signing the record deal? Who's saying that you deserve to speak to the media? So we're actually being targeted on the, on the minuscule and a major level. And not necessarily saying that it's going to be some white service going to save us, but choosing something different at least makes those that even treat us like to get the equity at the bare minimum. At the bare minimum, because if they feel like our folks are guaranteed, we got to make them work for it. That's almost anything. If you got guaranteed business or product and supply and demand, you don't have to push out marketing if you know that the demand is high enough. They think they still got us in demand. And the greatest thing that's the you know the greatest thing they fear is us waking up. It's us going back to our roots, knowing our Morris history. Good stuff. Good stuff. Because these are people that are victims too, man. Imagine their kids. They're at school. They're seeing what's going on with their kids, their generation, their progeny, their legacy. And they're saying something's wrong here. And so it's not just politics. It's a it's a spiritual, a psychological and a social decision, an interpersonal decision to grow out of these 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 habits. And a lot of people are waking up right now in such a crazy time. That's a beautiful moment to see. It truly is. Violence at high school in Massachusetts is so bad that school committee members are calling for National Guard intervention. Imagine that. You imagine sending your kid to school? Like, I'm tripped. I, I trip out on the fact of what we call now school resource officers. I'm like, what? That's crazy. You're putting police officers inside of schools? You're starting police files on children very early? That's too much. Police state. That's that stuff that radicalizes me. Now, they're taking a step further. They're sending National Guard people. But I mean or na National Guard members. But I mean, we've seen that we've seen the clips that have come out of school, how crazy things are. Kids fighting, kids fighting kids, kids fighting teachers, kids fighting whatever the heck they can, bringing guns to school, doing this, that, and the third. Just last week, we covered uh, another massacre, mass shooting that got covered up by the school. Could you imagine that? Going to school, having, having the National Guard there. They've already got like metal detectors and Again, now school resource officers, drug sniffing dogs and stuff like this. The National Guard is here. Is that education or is that indoctrination? Let me read a little bit of this and we'll continue on. This comes from Mike LeChance from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 21st. It says school committee members in Brockton, Massachusetts, say that violence at the city at the city's high school is so bad that they want the National Guard to come in and restore order. In other words, the inmates are running the asylum at this school before they bring in the National Guard. Perhaps the city should hold a community meeting with parents from the school and ask why these students feel so entitled that they can disrupt the orderly operation of a school. I'm trying to see if there's a clip. Doesn't look like it. Just looks like it's a uh, a Twitter post and something else from CBS News. But that's that's intense. Directionless citizens, directionless denizens destroying their environment simply because they have nothing else to do. And at the same time, this is what they're being force fed. 
when we're talking about the declining standards, austerity measures, the deliberate dumbing down of America, getting you used to having nothing, this is a part of it. When, when, when I'm trying to stop my mind from attacking these Satanists and these degenerates and these pedophiles and these wicked, evil people and saying, well, what, what, what am I fighting for? What am I building towards? What is all this energy? What should it be redirected towards? We're being dragged down into the bog and the quagmire that they're creating. And our children are a representation of this. These kids have nothing that they're actually building towards. And I don't mean just being like a, a, a social media influencer or a TikTok star or even a podcaster to a degree, man. Like I'm, I'm talking crap about myself. I'm talking about building out an actual ideological infrastructure that people for generations can inherit. Like, like where, where is this? This is, this is, this is, this is dystopia in a, in a nutshell. This is everything that's wrong with the world right now. And it does have consequences. Here's the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, nuking a BBC reporter for criticizing his tough on crime policies. We took the recipes from the European Union. We took the recipes from the United States. None of the recipes worked. More bloodshed, more people were dying. So what do we do? Okay, we do something and we save people. And now we're the safest country in the Western Hemisphere. But suddenly something's bad. Oh, but you shouldn't do that. You should do what I think you should do. Why? If it, not only we have the right to do what we think is right and the, what the Salvadoran people are going to decide whether or not they want this day in, in free elections, but also we've proven it works. And you haven't proven that your system works in our country. Might work in yours. I don't know. But it doesn't work in ours. It's like I told one time um, a member of the European Union, I know you, 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 you Brexited that, but I told a member of the European Union, you take your best government, choose your best government. I, I, know, I don't know what's your best, the best government in Europe, but you choose your best government. Same people, same talent, same experts, same will to do things the right way. You take your best government and you put them to govern Afghanistan and tell them, okay, you govern Afghanistan the same way you govern this European country. You'll be dead in a week because you cannot govern Afghanistan like you govern Europe. So stop trying to, to, to make us use your recipes because they don't work here. You have your, you have your own system. We're not, we don't tell you that you shouldn't have a monarchy. I mean, we're fine with your monarchy. We, we love your monarchy, it's fine. But we don't say, oh, you shouldn't have a monarchy and you shouldn't have hereditary titles. Why? Because it's your country, you can do whatever you want with it. But suddenly we have to do what you want to do with our country. So but, but I'm gonna, what I'm gonna um, finish the question is that this, has been proven by all of you and by all independent sources. El Salvador was turned from the most dangerous place in the world to the safest in the Western Hemisphere. That's not a small feat. And that's not done easily. And nobody in the world has ever done it before, so fast and so clean that we have done it here with no civilian casualties. So I don't know. I know it's different. I know the numbers from the UK and ours will be different for maybe a couple of decades. But we're doing our best here and we're really trying and the Salvadoran people today are going to vote freely in free and fair elections and in full democracy and choose their own path. Thank you. You know, he, he made a very important part right there, point right there. We did the largest criminal lockup without any civilian casualties. I want you to keep that in mind. Civilian casualties for restoring order, because that's what we're talking about right now, right? Right. We've had it so good with this liberal world order that we're familiar with that they've literally got men thinking they can be women now. Right. We've become so liberal that we're now delusional. And this is what I've been predicting and expecting and telling you guys is going to happen. Now we're, we're, we're swinging to the right where we're going to ask for more and more and more control. 
more police, more lockdowns, more surveillance, more checks. And I get it. I'm about to launch into my V for, De- v for Vendetta uh, speech, and I get it. Who can blame you? There are a myriad of reasons. War, famine, pestilence. There are a number of reasons to rob you of your, of, of, of your common sense. But you demanded it. Heck, you borderline prayed for it. And that's what's happening now. That's what's happening now. We're going to start having people demanding harsher and more extreme responses to this extreme liberalism that we're seeing. So, yeah, no, you're going to have people locked up. You're going to have people snatched up off the streets. You're going to have all this crazy stuff come right back full force. Spoiler alert, I am currently looking at houses in El Salvador. And can my black self stay there? Male steals hundreds in cash from Girl Scout cookies stand. Cops are disgusted. We're talking about a little girl here. This is an article from Dave Urbanski of the Lays Media. They put this up February 21st or February 20th. It says that a male was caught on surveillance video stealing a bag containing $450 in cash from a Girl Scouts cookie stand in Fort Worth, Texas last week. I think there might be a clip. And the reason why we're playing this after after we're talking about um, after we're talking about El Salvador locking up all of the people, violence at violence at at, at at schools to where the National Guard has to get brought in, Chicago residents being aware of this. This this, this these are all symptoms, right? These are all symptoms of like the problem. It is a deeply rooted spiritual issue. Can you imagine robbing little girls, Girl Scouts, like seriously. But this is this is where people are at now. Either they're this desperate, they're this survival based, they're this detached. They're they're, they're they're something there. You don't look at innocence and say, "Man, I need to mess that up." If you're thinking, "Well, somebody that does this is either in a bad situation or could care less about anything else," let's play this quick clip and then we'll continue on from there. Fort Worth police need your help finding a young man who stole from a Girl Scout. Yeah, video from the Walmart Supercenter near White Settlement Road in Loop 820 shows the crime happening. A young man in a hoodie swiping a bag carrying money earned by selling cookies. Police hope somebody out there will recognize him. Let's go to Fox 4, Stephen Dial, who is at the Fort Worth Police Department with more. Stephen. Heather, we may disagree on what our favorite Girl Scout cookies are, but chances are you've seen them outside of grocery stores and businesses where a lot of people come and go. Fort Worth police say a man took an opportunity and got away with nearly $500 in cash. Well, we're talking about a little girl here, a little girl that was trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. This video captured by a Fort Worth Walmart surveillance camera shows a man take off with money from a Girl Scout cookie sale. The Girl Scout and her mother visibly in shock when it happened. Around $450 in cash is what was stolen. Um, There's obviously some people that have been trying to reach out directly to the detective just to see how they could help. The incident happened last Sunday, February 11th, in the middle of the afternoon at the Walmart Supercenter near 820 and White Settlement Road. A young man swiping the bag with money in it from a cart behind the table where the Girl Scout was selling her cookies. This is right outside the exit multiple other shoppers seen walking out and standing around. Fort Worth police released a close-up picture of his face. It is clear, easy for people who know him to recognize him. Police need someone to come forward. 
How many bucks did you sell so far? About 1,600. Third grader Brooke Martinez is in a different Girl Scout troop. We caught up with her and her family selling cookies at a bowling alley in Fort Worth Monday. Her grandmother, Kathy Taylor, was emotional after she saw the video. And almost made me cry. <laughs> Because it's hard work. They work hard for this. This is her granddaughter's third year selling cookies. She keeps the money they make hidden. And she says it's easy for people to let their guard down. It's just that you trust everyone. Girl Scouts, bro. Trust everyone, and Girl Scouts are honest, and they think everybody is. Girl Scouts, bro. A hard lesson learned. Now, again, Fort Worth police told us that multiple people have been reaching out to the detective to see how they can help to basically help that Girl Scout and that troop get their money back. Now, Girl Scouts can also receive donations in lieu of cookies, and so it's expected that people in the community are going to find them and help them out. Right on. Thank you, Stephen. Yep, Stephen. Everybody saw his face. It's Girl Scout cookies. Phones should start ringing any second. Thanks a lot. Fort Worth Police. How crazy is that? Girl Scouts, man. I think that's a. I think that's crazy because I literally gave my daughter like her first batch of Girl Scouts cookies earlier this week, and I was talking with my dad because that's who gave it to her. So you're gonna get into Girl Scouts? I'm like, of course. And I say that now, and then I, I I begin to spiral later, thinking like, good lord, what have they done to the Boy Scouts? We have no idea what's going on in the Girl Scouts. And then what do we do over here? We're looking at thieves steal money from Girl Scouts cookies. This is this is this is where we're at now. Like I I think that is absolutely crazy. And I'm thinking to myself as I, because I'm sure this guy's not a Satanist or any of that type of stuff. These people, they don't have a bottom. Like some, like we're talking, we're talking about having a conscience and awareness of what's going on spiritually, energies, things like this. When you get to a point to where you're stealing from Girl Scouts, you're you're at another level of just like I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about this. I don't care about society. Like I'm just going to take whatever I want. There's no honor amongst thieves, is what this boils down to. California Democrats introduced bill that would force homeowners and renters to disclose the number of firearms to insurance companies and government. You know what this is. I'm not even going to read it. It's mostly just the headline. You know what this is. It's like whenever the IRS hired all those folks to do like armed, uh, armed weapons training a few years back. It's like, what the heck is that for? Well, now we're hearing about how they they, they, they just need us to notify uh, notify them about how many weapons we have for whenever they make their move right that's why you always hear about people having these prophetic dreams of being in the future the government comes up trying to take people from their homes that's why they're wargaming all these different types of things you know what this is you can look at this article and have the foresight and awareness to say oh oh, oh god that's not a good thing the same way gun control is not a good thing but you see I, I find myself looking at articles like this. This is only for the schmuck Americans that go along with it. Ain't no immigrants or illegals going to come through here and follow these laws. This is for the schmuck Americans that they can turn into assets. This is not a good thing. Black farmer unleashes on Biden for prioritizing illegals in Ukraine over Americans, saying we're definitely facing extinction. This is an article by Margaret Flavin from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 21st. And let me let me jump into this. I'll read a little bit of it. We've got a couple clips coming out about it. Like, nobody's talking about this type of stuff. What's going on with farmers? What's going on with our meat? What's going on with our, our, our butchers and our local supply? 
and nobody cares. Like that, that's what's crazy. Nobody cares about getting back to a normal rural lifestyle. Like I, what's crazy is I find myself looking at a lot of people these days and they say things and they have, they're, they're not based here in reality. They're not, they're, they're not really thinking. They think a lot of the system is going to just be here forever. It's going to be fine. And we, and we can just kind of continue as normal. They couldn't be farther from the truth. You're going to, you're going to start acting real funny and real different whenever you can't go to the store, whenever you can't get your Starbucks, whenever you don't know where your food is or when, it, when, when, when your next meal is going to be, you think that's what that gentleman that stole gentleman, you think that's what that thief that stole those girl, girl scout cookie money did. He didn't know where his next meal was coming from. Maybe he couldn't steal anything in, in, inside of Walmart. So he stole from a girl scout. What happens when Americans can't feed themselves? We're seeing some of it go down over there in Europe right now. Spain, Belgium, France, all that. People literally revolting against the government, saying we're not going to do this. And then over here in America, we don't see how it's being done to us as well and how we don't have a large farming community. Let me read this quick article, then we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up from there. Uh, this uh, fourth-generation farmer and president of the National Black Farmers Association, John Boyd Jr., joined Stuart Barney on Fox, Fox Business's Barney & Co. to discuss the devastating impact of Joe Biden's policies on American farmers. He criticized the administration for prioritizing others, including illegals and foreign governments, over Americans. All farmers are suffering under Biden, but Boyd asserts black farmers are facing, quote, extinction. Boyd told Barney there are now only 40,000 black farmers in the United States, down from a million at his peak. And while American farmers are suffering, with land ownership drastically declining, Biden launched a $1 million in initiative to provide Ukrainian farmers with necessary supplies during the ongoing war with Russia. Quote, we are definitely facing extinction as it relates to American farmers. All farmers are hurting. And under this leadership, we're, where we're sending the aid to Ukraine, but we won't stop to farm, but we won't stop farm foreclosures for American farmers, Boyd said. Quote, we see it almost like 40 acres and a mule. We didn't get the debt relief, but then I see a hundred billion dollars going to Ukraine. And some of that money went to help Ukraine farmers with taxpayers' money, he said. I'm saying, why, why can't we use some of them resources to help farmers right here at the home in the United States? That's it's what everybody's been saying. Because we've been occupied, we've been taken over. This isn't our country. This, this isn't our government. It's our country. We're just currently being occupied. Let's watch this quick clip. And then we'll continue on from there. Protect the oldest stock. We're facing extinction today. And if we don't get some laws in place to, to help us uh, protect the oldest occupation, uh, good, bad, or different, uh, from uh, slavery to sharecropping to uh, uh, to John Boyd in 2024, if we don't put some laws in place to protect us, I won't be able to pass on generational wealth to my children. Uh, so here we, here we have an administration frowning on me asking for debt relief. Uh, that they said they would provide, but you allowing the border uh, to remain open and providing these uh, uh, people who are not U.S. citizens with resources and uh, you can't stop farm foreclosures for uh, black and other uh, farmers in, here here in the United States, Andrew. I think something's ter ter terribly wrong with that. But uh, you can't stop farm foreclosures 
but you let the border stay open and, and just say hey, anybody come on in and, and they can get health care and they can get all of these benefits, but you won't help hardworking American farmers. I think something's terribly wrong with that. Because that's the agenda. Rod Boyd, John Boyd, ah, John Boyd, that's the agenda. They want us weak. They want us broken. They want us destitute. They saw what we did underneath the Trump administration when things were green. They want us having everything red going down. We got way too uppity. We got way too uppity. We got outside of our stables. Got a wild buck, got a wild horse over there. They had to break us. This is a part of breaking us. Listen, whenever I play that clip of Yuri Bezmanov talking about the, the demoralization program, normalizing this, you understand, I've been have, I have been fighting this since 2011, 2010, 2012. So while that ongoing like demoralization program has been taking place, I have just, I guess in a weird way, been like radicalized. I'm retarded like that. I saw them hurting us and I was like, hell no, I'm not going to fall for this. So no, that's the plan. John Boyd, towards the end of this, because that's where we are now, as they just drain and squeeze the life out of America, of America hollowing us out, they're, re, they're, they're blowing us up. They're refilling us with these new Americans that are okay with this type of desperation and destitute and lack of everything. Generational wealth is a very real thing. You're going to hear me talk a little bit more about that in connection with the experience deficit. That is, that is all very, very true, but that's the agenda, John. They're trying to kill us. Wall Street Journal tells Americans to, quote, skip meals to deal with food inflation as America collapses into a lawless third world dumpster fire. An article by Mike Adams on Natural News, they put this up February 16th. And this is true. This is them telling you who they are. This is the administration saying we could care less about whether or not you can afford food. We could care less. Did you see Ukraine doing very well? Because this is the plan. This is the austerity measures. You stupid Americans, you believe in wealth. You're not allowed to have wealth. We're, we're, we are the wealthy. We are the, neo, the neo-feudalists. Think about that. Don't, uh, oh, you're, you're worried about inflation? Skip a couple meals. Don't eat. That's the way to do it. And week after week, we play these clips of people going to Costco, people trying to just go shopping, people going to work. And it's dawning on them that, oh, my God, this is a broken system. I can't survive. What is the what is the Wall Street Journal's response? Skip meals. It's OK. You don't need to eat as much. Skip meals. And when you do eat, make sure you eat the bugs. Night class Schwab ordered. It seems that this is a, uh, a lengthy article containing the interview that Mike Adams did with uh, Dr. Brian Artis. Let me read this quick part right here where it talks about the collapse of America and uh, eating less, right? Just eat less. Expect less. American exceptionalism is no longer a thing. It's a thing of the past. The article says that as inflation continues to rise due to money printing by the government, everyday Americans are feeling the pinch. Meanwhile, countries like Russia offer affordable food and basic services that seem out of reach in the United States. In a recent video, Tucker Carlson highlighted the stark contrast between American cities and those in Russia with Moscow and St. Petersburg being clean, safe cities, while many blue cities in America are in disarray. 
the Atlantic has blamed inflation to consumer or hasn't blamed inflation on consumer spending habits, suggesting that people should cut back on expensive purchases to combat high prices. Meanwhile, Bloomberg Opinion offers advice strange on how uh, offers advice strange on how to save money amidst inflation, including taking the bus, not buying in bulk, and opting for lentils instead of meat. Wall Street Journal's latest suggestion to save money is skipping breakfast, a move that critiques the critics argue will only exacerbate the engineering famine caused by food inflation and attacks on farms. The collapse of American society has been further emphasized by the growing issue of squatting in blue cities like Portland, where criminals are seizing houses they don't own and falsifying documents to claim leases. In some cases, homeowners have been left powerless at these, as these squatters receive protection from the police. This is what we covered with you guys just last week. It was like a how-to video. I couldn't tell whether or not the individual was serious or not. But he basically told you step-by-step step how to move into somebody else's house and illegally claim ownership. As the situation continues to deteriorate, Congressman Chip Roy has proposed renaming Texas Ukraine in an effort to draw attention to the Senate's willingness to spend billions on foreign wars while neglecting America's borders and citizens. The strategic importance of Ukrainian citizens like or cities like Avdika and Lysenkis cannot be understated, as they serve as the key logistical hubs for the on, ongoing conflict with Russia. Despite claim, recent claims from the White House National Security Council that Ukraine is making progress in defending these cities, reports suggest that Russian forces are quickly advancing and may soon take control of Avdika. The collapse of American society is evident through soaring inflation rates, rampant squatting in blue cities, and rising food prices. As the situation continues to worsen, it remains to be seen whether any meaningful action will be taken by the government to address these issues and restore order within the nation. There's that word again. There's that word again. Order. Restoring order. Allowing just lawlessness to, 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 to permeate so that they can come through with order. Hmm. Where have we heard that? Order out of chaos. Hmm. Interesting. Canadian government attributes nationwide poverty to high food costs, not failed government policies and money printing. That's just a continuation, essentially, of the previous article where they're saying, hey, we know inflation's bad. Eat less. Hey, we know inflation's bad. It's not our problem. It's yours. Spend better. <laughs> this is, again, this is the, the society that we're moving into. The big brother dictatorial society where people ask the big brother system for more, the only thing it requires is that you give it more power. And then by the time you have everything you need, you have nothing at all. You've given it all away. You see how crazy this truly is? Let's continue on. American ranchers and their cattle are being replaced by foreign beef imports. And so what, what, what this is, and I think it's crazy because we're just dealing with the same beast and just different formations, different faces, different formations and different nations. The same thing that we're seeing over here in America, that we're seeing over there in Spain, France, Belgium, places like that. We're now beginning to see the same thing here. Well, <laughs> how do we stop this? Or is this all this, the, the, the treaties and the businesses and the globalization? How do we stop this? How do we stop replacing people? You know, I wanted to point this out when President uh, Nayib Bukele was speaking about uh, essentially isolationism, globalism, nationalism, and things like this. Well, what's happening now is because of this multipolar world order, they're making us interconnected. 
they're purposely creating problems and grooves within each individual society so that we are forced to interlock that we are so that we are forced to lock plans together uh, but let me quick let me play this quick video about this rancher uh, explaining foreign beef imports and what's going on and then we'll pick it up from there there's some interesting and concerning stuff happening in the U.S. cattle industry. Did you know meat is being imported into the U.S. from overseas and being marketed as a product of the USA? The U.S. cattle industry is at an all-time low. It's a result of things like extreme drought, feed costs rising, and inflation. Cattle prices are at an all-time high, which drives the price of beef. But this isn't necessarily a good thing for ranchers. This just means the four large corporations who control 85% of the U.S. beef market, two of them Brazilian-owned, will import meat from other countries where they can source it cheaper. And because of our own laws, if it is repackaged in any way, it can be labeled product of the USA. This is especially unsettling for ground beef that can come from multiple countries, from different ages and different breeds of older cows, that any sort of untraceable diet at trim can be frozen for who knows how long and imported in droves, then thawed and mixed in a large vat in a large processing plant with literally hundreds of different DNA samples landing in one pound of ground beef. Importing and exporting is not the problem. Americans like their hamburger, but not their heart. Traditional export markets are good for ranchers to get a premium for the unusual cuts that are more widely desired in foreign markets. But the American consumer deserves to know where their meat comes from and how it was raised. And there is an answer. Buy directly from a rancher in the USA. Find a ranch you can buy direct from locally or one who ships to your doorstep and start ordering now and trusting the source of the food you feed your family. I might do that. Order local ranchers because we just have like a butcher. We just got like a butcher and a farmer like right down the street. So we just kind of, we just talk to him. Just get his tray from him, you know, or we get it from people that go hunting or like we, like we're out here in the desert, bro. So <laughs> everybody's a little bit different, um, but maybe I go do that. Maybe that'd be pretty cool. That'd be like a nice little conversation. I might like doing business here, here with people in the, I'm doing business in the, in the city because I got the eggs and the chickens, but maybe I go do that. Maybe I'm overthinking it. She's right. She's right. We need to pull away from some of this stuff. Sometimes uh, the simple way is the best way. Uh, and this is going to be our final art, our final post that we're going to cover for this segment. And then we're going to hit a hard break. Says American taxpayer says he's done following the laws in America. How long before all Americans feel this way? And you know, this is again, this is something that many Americans are feeling. He is not alone. Just last week, uh, I played for you guys a clip of another American saying, "Hey, let's stop paying taxes. I don't want my tax dollars going towards this. We are at the point now of taxation without representation. We are hitting our seventy seventy six moment. Right? We're having our Boston Tea Party moment." We're, we're getting very, very close to that. And so when you have Americans that no longer want to pay taxes, no longer want to follow the laws, well, what, what, what's happening now? And so let me pull back from this. Go ahead and pull this, this clip up. Let it play as B-roll as we speak. Half years and we have- we'll, we'll, we'll start it whenever we, we finish. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but a few years ago, I had played a clip about Harrison Bergeron. Maybe I can pull it up right now off of YouTube, where he talks about the second American revolution and how the second American revolution started because there it is, Harrison Bergeron, American revolution. There it is. I might go ahead and get this clip up. He talks about the second American revolution starting 
because there weren't enough jobs and people getting angry and then people banding together and then trying to stop the government. But thankfully, because of our new programming and the mind control and the brain engineering that's done in the actual video, they show you that that's what they want to do. We now know that the Americans standing up against the government in that time frame was bad. It's a very real thing. They lay out the plan, how that's where we're going right now. The second American revolution is starting. And it's because of this, they're icing the sound. That's why they talk about these new Americans. But the second American revolution is a big thing. The civil war that's coming up, what we see taking place down on the border, things like this and more. Let me see. I don't think I, I don't think, uh, yeah, we're going to, we might have to come back and come find it for the second American revolution. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's 1995, the Harrison Bergeron movie starring Sean Astin and Christopher Plummer. I would highly recommend you guys to look at it and go watch just the, just the start of it, where it talks about the second American revolution, how that's, that's where we are in the timeline of things. They know what they're doing. We are history's actors. We have to live through these things. And so as more Americans say, hey, I don't want to pay taxes. I don't want to follow the laws. Taxation without representation. You're bringing in people in here who are not compatible with our country and they're causing all kinds of chaos and you're not, not going to stop them. You're going to you're going to see a violent reaction to these type of things you see. So let's go ahead and play this quick clip and then we'll pick it up after that and then close out this segment. But uh, here is just another patriot saying, hey, I'm done. And you're going to see more of this. Well, I was a little reluctant to make this video, but I'm going to do it anyway because I think it might resonate with a lot of people out there. A lot of Americans feel in the same way. And that is, I've decided, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm no longer following the laws of the United States of America. Why are we expected to obey any laws when right here behind me, where we have a wide open Southern border Joe Biden doesn't even follow the laws and has left the border open for three and a half years. And we have 15 million criminals now in our country. So if Joe Biden and the people who are at the top, Alejandro Mayorkas and all of these scumbags, if they can't follow the laws, then we, the people, shouldn't be expected to follow the laws either. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about COVID and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this.
want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is It is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well, that this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. It's not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way. We are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity... We can't catch up. We cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially, and... What you're detecting as the the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots it's the result of the mrna platform itself that anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed
drip, drip, drip of recognition that all might not be well with the state injectable, the clot shot. Can you see the slow, slimy creep of commentators trying to sidle away from the fact that they were part of pushing this thing onto a nation? Can you feel the people who said that anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists should be locked up? Can you see them trying to step away from what they said before? People like Andrew Neil, who said we shouldn't be allowed out. Piers Morgan, who said we shouldn't be allowed to travel. Jimmy Carr, who humiliated anti-vaxxers from his stage. My sense is there is no pleasure in being right all along, but neither is there any harm in calling out all of these individuals by name who were part of the problem. Wonderful, wonderful. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host in the segment, Multinational Massacre, Genocide, COVID-19 by any other name. We're going to be talking about it over here in this edition. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's it. Welcome back to reality, right? I don't know what you were doing beforehand or what you were listening to. But over here, we're talking about the reality they're trying to hide. And as well as the hidden reality. Two different things. Because the world, the game, things we're doing right now, this is not it. This is this is, this is is some other stuff. Some mumbo jumbo they don't cooked up that they want us to go along with. And we shouldn't do that. Uh, but welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. In this, in this segment of this edition, we're clearly going to be talking about COVID-19, the deaths, and everything else that's come up with it. That phrase is just stuck in my head. I'm sorry. It might be the specialness in me. Experience deficit. When you kill 17 million people here in this planet, there is a spiritual void. There is a a psychological void, emotional void, a financial void, a cultural void. There's a hole there. What I call that hedge of protection. I just envision like a flat earth reference. I envision like a dome over the earth. That's that hedge of protection, and it just gets weaker. Just imagine like a, a a semicircle, like a half circle, and then just it gets a little a little less bold because they killed 17 million of us. And as they try to keep killing us, that protectional field gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker until eventually something just breaks it entirely. And so, no, we keep our eye on what's going on with COVID. And a lot of information this week has come out, quite honestly. A lot of information has come out this week. You may not really need me to talk about it. That's, that's the, well, I mean, you need me to talk about it, but you don't need me to explain and give comment commentary on it. We need to just jump right into it. But before doing so, if you guys want to support this operation, the best way to do so is to go to patreon.com forward slash noise era. Patreon.com, not, not noise era, what? Patreon.com forward slash noise. That's it. Patreon.com forward slash noise. N-O-I-Z-C-E. Become an exclusive member. We have weekly meetings. We'll be putting out content there as well. We're going to be doing a lot of different things. Um, I'll, I'll say this, and I'll jump into the, the content. Working, again, in crypto, seeing all this different stuff. I did it I did it bass backwards, as I, as I typically do. That's why we're over here doing four to five hour long shows. And I'm like, hey, support us, support us. And no, Bozo, you do it the other way. You put out one-hour episodes for the public, and you do four-hour episodes for your exclusive members. I did it backwards. Give me a little bit of early alpha as to like what's going on and how we're going to have to switch this stuff up. 
But if you guys want to know about the alpha, you want to know about the depth types of stuff that we're doing and you want to be involved, patreon.com forward slash noise. That's the best way to do so. Uh, get the Discord, uh, get the link or get the membership, get the Discord role, come have a conversation, get caught up. That's all I'm going to say. Let's go ahead and start getting into the news about this devastating travesty affecting our generation uh, and subsequently the entirety and the whole of humanity. U.S. Vaccine Injury Compensation Program has 10-year backlog of claims. It says only 0.3% of claims have ever been compensated. This is an article from uh, Vigilant News. They put this up February 21st. It's by Megan Redshaw, eventually originally from the Epoch Times. It says it may take more than 10 years for someone injured by a COVID-19 vaccine to receive a decision and whether their claim is eligible for compensation by the government's vaccine compensation program if they receive a response at all. U.S. health officials responded to questions on America's failing vaccine injury compensation system in a hearing that left the vaccine injured feeling like addressing the system's shortcomings is not a priority on Capitol Hill. As of January 1st, there were 12,854 claims filed for injuries caused by the COVID-19 vaccine countermeasures that were the government's countermeasures injury compensation program, including 9,600 related to injuries caused by COVID-19 vaccines. Of the 12,854 claims, 2,214 have been processed, but only 40 claims have been found eligible for compensation. According to the testimony given during a February 15th hearing on the select subcommittee of the coronavirus pandemic, there's a backlog of about 10,800 claims with only 35 employees processing claims at a rate of 2.7 cases per month. It will take about 10 years to process the remaining claims. That's if any more don't get added to it. Quote, I just don't think it's right. I think we need to streamline this process. Representative Rich McCormick, a representative or Republican from Georgia said during a hearing, quote, we need to step up this process by about tenfold in order to do our job for the American people. According to CICP data, as of, as of January 1st, only 11 people have received compensation for their, for their injuries of the 40 claims that have been found eligible for the compensation. The average award was a mere $3,700, whereas the average payout under the National Vaccine Compensation Program that handles the injuries caused by routine vaccines is $490,000. So if, 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 if you're not catching on, they don't want you to catch on. And they also don't want to pay for you whatever you do catch on. They want you to die. I've just told you the numbers of reports. However, under CICP, there are only 10,640 of these COVID-19 claims are currently pending or are in review. And as of January 1st, 2024, CICP only compensated 11 of the 40. Oh, wait, let's, let's make that number clear to everyone. Only 11 people have been con- compensated. Only 11, only 11 people have been compensated. Out of the 40 COVID-19 claims that determined were eligible, only 40 were determined eligible. That is amazing. And the average award was only about $3,700. On the other hand, the average VICP payout over the last 35 years is approximately 490
$50,000. If you get, if you die or get injured from a COVID-19 vaccine, your average payout's $3,700. I'd like to recognize someone in the room today is here, Brianne Dressen. She's met with you, Dr. Marks. She's met privately with you about her vaccine injuries. She participated in a clinical trial. She was injured and then she was dropped from the trial for the COVID-19 vaccines. Her medical expenses are $433,000 a year. She filed with CICP. Mr. Grimes, she's gotten no response. She's right here. Could you raise your hand, Ms. Dressen, please? Thank you. Perhaps you could meet with her after this meeting. Dr. Marks, you admitted to her that uh, vaccine injuries are real, that they're real. Although you rushed through the authorization and now you've authorized that children should receive these vaccines and even babies as young as six months old. That is shameful. That's shameful. I'm not asking you a question. I'm gonna continue speaking. Thank you, this is my time. The National Institute of Health uh, also saw Ms. Dressen uh, for her neurological complications that have been quite severe. They studied her and then they dropped the study and asked her to be quiet about it. These are the real stories of that, the vaccine injured. They were, they were totally, uh, completely wiped off of social media. There's been thousands of peer-reviewed medical studies, thousands of them studying vaccine injuries, they are real. People are dying. People are having heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, and many other countries are dropping the COVID-19 vaccine and saying we shouldn't give them to children. It's time to be honest about the vaccine injured. And we need to stop allowing these COVID-19 vaccines to be given General out ladies, to children. General ladies, time has expired. Yeah, that we should stop giving dangerous experimental gene therapies to children what a wild concept but you see they're not going to stop they're not going to stop and they know that it's still causing death and mutilation and destruction and they have a plan for that they're like, like 3700 if you have been victimized or killed by this shot that's a slap in the face that is an absolute disgrace an absolute disgrace because they know full well what these people are doing in places like Canada, they're euthanizing vaccine-injured citizens. They're not, uh, they're not compensating them like we've seen in Australia and sometimes here. Canada, they're euthanizing them. Says the Trudeau regime has ordered hospitals to begin euthanizing members of the public who have been injured by the COVID-19 vaccines. Kelly Pollock, a 37-year-old mother from Ontario, has become the first victim of the new policy after she became paralyzed from the neck down following a Moderna booster shot. Now, where is this? I think I, I saw a clip earlier this week. Good Lord. I, 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 it's overwhelming, the amount of information that's coming out from personal resources and just public everything. It's, it's, it's sad, too. And then this is what I heard. I think that's why I'm getting tripped, because this is, if this is the video or if this is the report regarding the video, this is a girl who was perfectly fine for her life to, and then she took the shot and then she just slowly became essentially invalid. Um, and it's sad because this is, this is somebody that's like my age, my age, like I'm 32. She's like 
37 and she's just she's she's done she's done and th- there's going to be because this is a genetic thing she's going to be experiencing even more progressive issues but let me let me continue on the canadian independent reports that while in the emergency department kayla recounts the attending physician initially dismissed her symptoms suggesting that it was all in her head and portrayed her as a quote crazy person in order to psychiatric consult all of what kayla describes happening is evident in her medical records which we obtained and reviewed Eventually, an MRI was conducted, revealing that Kayla had a very large lesion on her spinal cord. A neurologist followed up with Kayla and recommended a a course of steroids in an attempt to decrease the size of the lesion. Kayla questioned the neurologist and asked if the lesion could be a tumor. In an audio recording taken by Kayla's boyfriend, the neurologist responds saying, quote, it's less likely a tumor and that it is his, quote, gut impression it was caused by the vaccine. When Kayla questions the doctor as to whether many people have had something similar happen to them, the doctor responds saying, quote, many people have had it. Many people have had it. Later, Kayla would learn that she had developed, and this is a a key thing. I heard this all this week. It's crazy. That she had developed transverse myelitis, a condition that interrupts the transmissions of messages along the spinal cord nerves throughout the body. She would go on to spend several months in the hospital where she says she was offered medical assistance in dying on two occasions, but rejected the offer. What they call MAID, M-A-I-D, the MAID system, medical assistance in dying. Oh, you're victimized by the vaccine? Uh, Well, there's not much that we can do for you, but we can help keep you comfortable. We can help make it easier. It's a little bit terminal. There's not much we can do for you. Our tests indicate that you're kind of screwed. But we do have this new initiative called MADE, uh, where we can assist you in, in, in killing yourself. And if you go back and you go look at the videos, or you go back and you, you, you listen to some of the stuff like Logan's Run, where that's that's what they want. They don't want you to reach a certain age. And when you do, you'll Take some pills, you'll watch a nice movie, and they'll ship you off into Never Never Land. This is, again, just the the, the, the spirit of death, the satanic system manifesting itself in this biomedical takeover. Yeah, see, in America, they slap you in the face saying, we'll give you $3,700 if you maybe get one of your claims cleared in the next 10 years. In Canada, outright, they're like, this just euthanize people. This is dangerous. This is the technocrat. These are the technocrats. These are the satanic scientists. And because I'm sure they're, they've got the numbers. They're doing the numbers. They're doing the data. There's no way that we can compensate these people. It's easier to just kill them. We can get more benefits if we build out this, this, this depopulation program than this repopulation program. This is, this is absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. And what's crazy is it, 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 doesn't doesn't get any better like this is just the beginning meet the vaccine injured man who confronted the uk prime minister on live tv hi Rusty Sunak. i've got so much to say but such little time my name is john watt and i'm one of the covid vaccine injured in this country i want you to look into my eyes Rusty Sunak, and i want you to look at the pain the trauma and the regret i have in my eyes we have been left with no help at all. Not only am I in here this vaccine injured, there's another man over there whose life's been ruined by that COVID-19 vaccine. I know people who have lost legs, amputations, 
I know people with heart conditions like myself, Rishi Sunak. Why have I had to set up a support group in Scotland to look after the people that have been affected by that COVID-19 vaccine? Why are the people who are in charge, who told us all to do the right thing, have left us all to rot and left me and the thousands and the tens of thousands in this country to rot? Rishi Sunak looked me in the eye. When are you going to start to do the right thing? The vaccine damage payment scheme is not fit for purpose. In Scotland right now, according to the yellow card system, there are over 30,000 people that have had an adverse reaction to that vaccine. And okay. deaths. J John, thank you very much indeed for your question. You for you to start doing the right thing, you've, Mr. Rishi Sunak, and the You've made a really strong point, John. Prime Minister. Yeah, John Bullock, I'm very sorry to hear about your personal circumstances, and you said someone over here also seems to have suffered by the similar by a similar thing. Now, obviously, I, I don't know about the individual situation that you're in. Silence, and, We're silenced. Well, on I don't. Social media and okay. We are silenced. We are the most silenced people in this country. Silence right. in the press because my story in the press. Okay. Had to go right. to the government for comment, but, and they made the forgive, take all the stuff out. Forgive, no, forgive me. Said. Forgive me both. We, I know I'm happy. We, I'm we, we, like we no, no, no one. Okay. John, no one. No one is saying. No one. Oh yeah. Okay. No I've lost uh, my house, no, my wife, successful career. And sir, you raised some very valid points. I'm sure. What I've got to say is though, we haven't got you on microphone, and as you know, we've got to get through this. I'm sure we can we can raise your points with the prime minister at a later yeah. date. But in the meantime, Prime Minister, if you yeah, no, cover the I'm, issue. I'm, I'm very happy to. So there is a vaccine compensation scheme that's in place, as you alluded to in the NHS. Obviously, everyone individually will work through their cases. It's difficult for me to comment on anyone's individual case. I'm sure you'll appreciate that. I'm very happy to go and look at the cases, and I'm sure you'll get them to the team here. I mean, I, I'm very saddened and shocked to hear that you've been silenced by anybody. That is surprising to me. So please do get your details to Stephen and the team, and I will happily take that away. Of course, you should better speak about your experience, what's happened to you. And as I said, we have a compensation scheme in place for that, and I'll make sure that we're working through that. Obviously, I think you'll appreciate it's hard for me to comment on your specific circumstances, just not knowing them and those things. Are... <laughs> So we yeah. haven't got a microphone on this, so our, our viewers and listeners won't be able to... I think the, the, la the last thing I'd say is, uh, you know, we went through a pandemic, like everyone else, at the points when it came to the vaccine, those decisions were always taken on the basis of medical advice from our medical experts to tell us as politicians, who are obviously not doctors, about how best to roll out the vaccine, what was in the public health interest, the priority order, how that should be done, who should be eligible. All right. That was something. All right, all right. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and cut off Rishi Sunak. And to our UK listeners, man, I'm, it's crazy. I hear this guy speak, and all I hear is tech support. I hear customer service. I look at Rishi Sunak, and I, I look at that guy from Scotland screaming about his injuries. And have you ever been on? Have you ever been on hold? with somebody from a call center or have you ever been on hold with somebody that's just, you know, following a script? That's what I get right there. There was no human compassion. There was no understanding. There was no sympathy for John Watt. None. Just, I don't know your situation. I'm sorry about that. There's a vaccine scheme, <laughs> a vaccine compensation scheme to help you out. What's, what's, what, what seems to be the problem? That's what I heard right there. I heard just a automatic, like autonomous, robotic type speech. I didn't hear compassion. And he sat there with him and cold face, listen to this man's story as he's like, I'm dying. 
I'm hurting. I'm in pain, Rishi. Like, this is a serious issue. Many people in Scotland are in pain as well. We're being silenced. And what you heard was a robotic response from a drone. How convenient. UK develops new method to count excess deaths following the shocking numbers post on post-COVID vaccine. I thought it was convenient because, as we heard, Rishi Sunak get assaulted by John Watts in the UK saying, hey, people are dying at like a, a, an extended rate. I've got issues. People I know have issues. All of a sudden, they come out with a new method to count it. Looks like it's going to be a video from Edward Dowd. Let me read this quick article by Jim Hodge from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up February 21st. It says, earlier this month, Edward Dowd joined Jimmy Dore recently to discuss the staggering numbers of excess deaths, saying that the UK has a problem. I think we may have already covered this video. Excess deaths are up 22% among 1 to 14-year-olds. It goes on to say that notably this trend didn't start until the, quote, magic juice started to be issued to children in later 2021. It just the magic juice is just, just that the potion. The potion. This is ages 1 through 14. Uh, in 2020, their excess deaths was minus 9%. In 2021, it was minus 7%. In 22, it went up to 16%. And in 2023, it's 22%. So, so it's 22 percent above baseline. Above baseline, and what's interesting about this is the excess deaths of the UK children actually went down during 2020 and and started to rise again in 2021. It's in my book. We we, we show the rise started when the uh, magic juice started to be issued to children later in 21. What's interesting is yeah yeah you have to ask yourself well why did it go down in 2020? What's the what's the the biggest cause of accidental death for children? Uh, it's accidental. It's accidental. It's, it's, it's usually movement activities, you know, falling into a pool, drowning. Well, there were lockdowns. So excess deaths went down during lockdowns for children because of less activity. But sure enough, we've reopened. There's no pandemic. But now in 2023, UK children 1 through 14 appear to be mysteriously dying at an excess death rate of 22%. That's, that's even higher than I thought. I don't know where I... I, I... That's it. That's the UK. It's, it's different in different countries. But okay. The UK has a problem. Red Cross confirms to undercover journalist that unvaccinated could unknowingly get blood from vaccinated donors. Vaccination status inquiry aims to screen out donors with vaccine side effects. Says that in a recent interview investigation by Ladder with Crowder's Mug Club undercover unit. It was revealed that the American Red Cross does not separate blood donations based on the COVID-19 vaccination status of the donors. This information came to light during a conversation between an undercover journalist and an official from the Red Cross, raising concerns among those worried of receiving blood transfusions from vaccinated individuals due to potential side effects associated with the vaccines. Let me pause right there because I know somebody personally that isn't vaccinated. Uh, She wasn't vaccinated. She gave birth. She began to have like some some birthing issues. They transfused some vaccinated blood in that woman. She gave birth and she's having a history. She had a hysterectomy. Perfectly fine beforehand, gave her that vaccinated blood. Something happened and she's having a hysterectomy. And that's just one case that I know. Let me continue on. On Tuesday, the Gateway Pundit reported that the American Red Cross, a major player in blood donation and emergency relief services, has been scrutinized for its donor donor screening process, particularly the inclusion of a question 
about COVID-19 vaccination and its online rapid pass system. Question 79 of this questionnaire has now become a point of contention as it asks whether potential donors have received a COVID-19 vaccine. The subsequent instruction for affirmative respondents is to call the Red Cross to discuss their eligibility, leading some, like conservative commentator Rogan O'Hanley, to question the implications of this policy. Quote, the, Red, the American Red Cross is now asking blood donors if they've ever received the COVID vaccine. If your answer is yes, they want to call you to just call you ahead to see if you're still eligible. I thought the vax was, quote, safe and effective. What info are they hiding from us? And let's go ahead and get into, I really want to play this clip. Um, it says that the American Red Cross website clarifies its position, stating it's, it follows FDA guidelines, guidance for blood donation eligibility of post-COVID-19 vaccination. Deferral times may vary depending on the vaccine type administered. Donors who have been inoculated with an inactivated or RNA-based vaccine from AstraZeneca, Janssen & Janssen, Moderna, Novavax, or Pfizer are typically not deferred, provided they are symptom-free and feeling well at the time of donation. However, the undercover recording reveals that the Red Cross does not track or separate blood based on vaccination status. This means that patients requiring transfusions could unknowingly receive blood from vaccinated donors. The official further explained that the question regarding vaccination status is primarily aimed at identifying donors who may be experiencing side effects from the vaccine, which could render them ineligible for donation. You may be in a car accident or something, you need blood right away there is a possibility that you'll be getting vaccinated blood. And is there any way for like my patients to know if they were getting, you know, vaccinated blood or? There isn't any way the blood isn't separated, depend, you know, depending on if you're vaccinated or not, it's not separated. The only way that they can get it um, blood that's not vaccinated is if they donate for themselves or if they have a family member that's willing to donate for them. Do you guys like track that? track vaccinated versus unvaxxed yeah like ending up to the patient um no um so some people have you know had the vaccine two years ago and are still experiencing some type of symptoms so that's why we specifically ask regarding that one like for instance i've had one donor before call in um and after she received the vaccine uh her doctor was able to to find that she had a direct correlation to ringing in the ears um, afterwards. And so we see that as a symptom. So anything abnormal, and it still proceeds to this day. So she essentially wasn't eligible to donate. So that's why we have to ask. Just because of any type of symptom, it's not necessarily limited to just fever or nausea or anything of that sort. Yeah, you know, we just need to know if you've taken the vaccine like two years ago and if you're still having effects, like if you're still having problems. Like how much? <laughs> like I think that I think that's crazy. I think that's crazy. We knew this was going on. This is why you hear us talking about being pure blooded. They know this is going on. We've we've done reports in the past about how uh, blood donation centers are now contaminated due to the vaccine. Like it's 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 a very real thing, very real thing. And now a groundbreaking a groundbreaking global study on ninety nine million vaccinated people reveals, here the, here comes those symptoms, increases in neurological blood and heart conditions associated with the COVID-19 vaccine. So two years later, two years later, we're, we're getting confirmation about neurological blood and heart conditions. So post-vaccine post -vaccine personality disorders, 
blood clots, myocarditis, pericarditis, and more associated with the vaccine. It took a study of 99 million people to come to that conclusion. This is an article by Jim Hahn from the Gateway Pundit. They put this up. So it happened. It happened again. Uh, I, it, it happened again. We are currently we are uh, currently restreaming. Like, uh, you got to give me one quick second. Everything shut down all of a sudden. But don't you worry. I'm borderline expecting and used to this. So give us a couple seconds to get things rebooted, and then we will jump right back into it. Uh, you know, that, that that's all it is. It's either too much information or we hit a hot button or something's wrong. Something happened, but we are going to be jumping right back into it. Don't you worry. Uh, It's always something. We were just about about to get into the meat and potatoes, really, honestly, of this this episode, or at least of this episode. Yeah, a, a, a worldwide study of 99 million people. Yeah, give me one quick second, guys. You're going to hear some quick things bopping around in the background. Honestly, I think the best thing to do at this point is to play a quick little break while we get everything back up there. And I'll be right back, okay? Uh, give me one quick second to get everything fired back up. I'm going to play this quick little break mute, uh, this little bumper, and then we'll we'll be right back. Hey there. Are you hesitant to get the vaccine? Yeah. Then get the brand new government-approved Vaccinate Me Elmo doll. Wow. Elmo loves experimental vaccines. With the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your kid will finally feel the pressure and shame we've successfully made you feel to get the COVID vaccine. Quick. Give me the vaccine. Elmo don't want to be responsible for the deaths of friends or family. Thanks. <laughs> now Elmo's a good person. The Vaccinate Me Elmo doll comes with a toy syringe, a stethoscope. Elmo, your heart is beating fast. Are you having complications? Of course not. And a tiny vial of something. It's not the vaccine. Promise. It's, uh, water. Let your kid drink it. Elmo, can't you take your mask off now? No! Forever! That feels like mixed messaging. 
With the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll, your child will be begging you to get the vaccine, just scared out of their little mind for the fate of the world, or your money back. It's your turn! Time to get the vaccine! <laughs> you want to. Sorry, you have to! <laughs> no! Do it! No! You have no choice! No! Now! Now! Or else! Or else what? Last chance. And for all you anti-science conspiracy-believing parents, buy the re-released classic Tickle Me Elmo. It's perfectly normal. <laughs> now this is fun. <laughs> Get the vaccine or die. <laughs> buy the Vaccinate Me Elmo doll today. It's required by the CDC. The Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness will teach you everything you need to know about how to choose your pronouns, how to blame everyone else for your problems, how to show the world just how wonderful you are, the art of virtue signaling, the basis of race, gender, and intersectionality, the truth about American history, problematic books, and how to tell if a baby is racist. Okay. Oh, that's me. Okay, we're back. I was talking to myself. Okay. We should be good now. We should be good. Okay. So, yeah, long-time listeners of the show, you guys should be familiar with this. Sometimes we run into technical glitches. We start speaking truth. People don't like that. There's hitbacks. We keep it going. We keep it going. Um, so give me give me one quick second. Because, like I said, we had a whole little thing already pretty much put together, ready to go. And, of course, it got knocked out. Uh, but give me two seconds to get these up. We've got a lot of COVID articles that are just next level. They kind of have to be done in sequential order. But let's go ahead and jump into the study of 99 million people, vaccinated individuals, and how they have increases in neurological blood and heart conditions associated with the COVID-19 vaccine. It says in a groundbreaking multinational study conducted by the Global Vaccine Data Network, researchers have shed light on the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines among a cohort of 99 million vaccinated individuals. The study, spanning multiple countries, aimed to evaluate adverse events of special interests following COVID-19 vaccination, providing crucial insights into vaccine safety. Some of the countries included in the study are Denmark, New Zealand, Argentina, Canada, Finland, Australia, and Scotland. The study was published at the world's leading scientific publisher and data analytic company for more than 140 years, Elsevier. It says the study confirmed known safety signals for conditions such as myocarditis, pericarditis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and cerebral venous thrombosis, while also identifying potential new safety signals that weren't warrant further investigation. According to the result, the study covered 99 million 68,901 vaccinated individuals analyzing the administration of, I'm just going to say 183 million doses of Pfizer, 36 million doses of Moderna, and 23 doses of AstraZeneca vaccines. Experts chose 13 health issues to keep a close eye on after people get their COVID-19 vaccines. The health issues they're watching were picked from a list made by a group called the Brighton Collaboration Space Project. 
they chose those specific issues because they are the same ones for which recent data on how common they are was collected by some research sites. To identify these issues, they used a standardized system of medical codes called ICD-10. Among the issues they are focusing on are several neurological conditions like Guillain-Barre syndrome, transverse myelitis, Bell's palsy, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, a brief but widespread attack of inflammation on the brain and in the spinal cord, and seizures. They're paying special attention to these because there have been some reports of these issues after vaccination. They're also looking at blood clotting issues, including clots in the brain's veins, clots in the abdomen's veins, and lung clots, because these could be signs of a rare clotting problem linked to the vaccine. Low platelet counts and a specific immune response causing low platelets are also being watched due to their connection with the clotting issue. Lastly, myocarditis and pericarditis, which are types of heart inflammation, are being monitored. Each of these conditions is being looked at separately to understand how often they happen after vaccination, usually within like two weeks, a few weeks to a couple months. And so this 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 is not an isolated story. This is not an isolated event. What's crazy is we 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 hear more about this than probably many other people, like to be quite honest with you. And I mean, look at this right here. Let me, let me, these next couple of articles, and that's why they've got to be done in sequential order, right? They are just going to be basically the headlines. This right here, COVID boosters block natural defense against cancer. Study warns, right? A bombshell new study has warned that the COVID quote booster shot blocks the body's natural defense from preventing cancers and other diseases. The scientists behind the study found that the so-called, quote, booster shots were linked to higher levels of IgG4 antibodies. After receiving the, in the injections, the body's ability to activate white blood cells becomes impaired. Due to the overproduction of IgG4 antibodies, the COVID mRNA shots destroy the body's natural defense against all other infections and various cancers. And that's why you see the turbo cancers popping up, springing up, just, just devastating people wrecking people because they destroyed they destroyed your ability to stop new new cancers they destroyed your your immune system they destroyed your ability to basically regenerate we are impaired individuals post vaccines and this is why you see so many different things cascading outside of that the brain fog the decreased output the emotional erraticism right the psychological damage when I'm when I'm when we're talking about this, it is a genetic attack. It's not like a biological one where your body can work out what the problem is and develop like the antibodies necessary to, to, to fight it off. This isn't a biological issue. It's a genetic issue. Genetically, people are having damage done to them. And you can't just take a pill and fix your genetics. You could take a pill and fix your biology, your body will adapt. This is a whole new wave of issues. Right here. COVID booster shots cause heart failure in young adults. Top study confirms. Another one from Slay News by Frank Bergman. This is a new peer-reviewed study has confirmed that the COVID mRNA quote booster shots are causing heart failure to soar in young adults and, te and teenagers. What we just heard from Edward Dowd is that the, the study published in the world-renowned European Heart Journal on February 15th found that a third dose of the Pfizer or Moderna injection is directly linked to the increased quote, the increased incidence rates of myocarditis. Myocarditis is, a, in the, is inflammation of the heart muscle, according to the Mayo Clinic. The inflammation can be reduced or can reduce the heart's ability to pump blood, leading to blood clots, strokes, cardiac arrest, and a potential death. 
Myocarditis is a known side effect of the COVID mRNA vaccine, but most people are unaware that they have it, making it a potential ticking time bomb for the sufferers. And that's true right there. We, we, we've, we've got that coming up in the show later on or in this segment later on as well. Embalmers literally pulling out these fibrous clots from dead bodies. People emitting strange fluorescent glows post-vaccine. The, 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 uh, the, the, the luciferase. We've got all kinds of crazy stuff towards the end of this segment. This is just a bombshell study coming out, surveying 99 million people saying, look at how many people have been killed in fact and, and, and maimed by the shot. This is the multinational massacre. This is genocide, democide, honestly. This is this is insane. But it gets it, it gets crazier, trust me. Look at this. Over 18,000 students could be suspended for not updating VAX records. This comes from Headlines USA. It's by Dimitro Henry Alexandrov. They put this up February 19th, and I'm not going to read it. This is something I want you to, to, to just think about. Did they not update them because they're dead? Did they not update them because they got boosters? Or did they not update them because what, what, what was one of the reasons they didn't update them? Did they get suspended? Were these 18,000 people that didn't take the shot at all? There's a lot of different ways you can interpret this type of story. But I choose to look at it as like, hey, these are 18,000 people that could be saved. They could potentially have whatever has been put inside of them extracted or detoxed. These are 18,000 people that woke up. These are 18,000 people that paid attention. Let's read this quick. I, I know I said I wouldn't read it, but I'm going to read it anyway. I need to know. I need to know. It says that a school district threatened more than 18,000 elementary schools. Elementary school? Elementary school students, wow. Elementary school students with suspension for not having updated vaccine records. Suspension orders that were issued by the region of the Waterloo Public Health in Ontario, Canada, required young students to get all their necessary vaccines and update their records within six weeks or face suspension. According to Blaze Media, a total of 18,643 students were ordered by the region to update their records by March 27th, 2024. High school students, however, have more time to comply with the mandates until May 27, 2024, but suspensions may start at the beginning of that month. There were a decline in parents staying up to date with their children's repeat vaccine doses during COVID-19 lockdowns, public health representatives said. Among those, dose, among those doses were shots for measles, mumps, rubella, diphtheria, tetanus, polio, meningococcal, pertussis, and varicella, chickenpox. In her press release, Dr. Hsu Li Wang the medical officer of the health of the region also pushed the COVID-19 vaccines propaganda, writing that, quote, vaccination protects kids and school and keeps schools healthy by stopping the spread of serious and preventable disease. Quote, children who are not vaccinated are at an increased risk of getting infections and spreading disease to others. The enforcement of the Immunization of Schools Pupils Act is critical for ensuring the health and wellness, the well-being of our community. Let me pause right there. Not really. There's like three more paragraphs. I'll finish it. Uh, since the region made a previous threat of suspensions in January 2024, the number of students facing discipline was cut nearly in half. According to CBC, 32,000 32, students were facing suspension over their records at that time, which prompted regional officials to expand vaccine clinic times and advertise their services in certain areas. Quote, 
We are working closely with local school boards and our community partners to reach as many families as possible. Our priority is to keep kids healthy and in school. David Aoki, Director of Infectious Diseases and Chief Nursing Officer for Public Health, said. In nearby Wellington, Dufresne, Guelph, another 10,000 students were encouraged to get vaccines at clinics, at public health offices, and even in their schools, with high school students in that region passing their deadline to update their records. You know, let me, I, I, a whole lot of stuff going on here. I think the main thing that stands out to me is that the elementary school students, and this is and this is in Canada, where we just learned that they will euthanize you if you have been victimized by this vaccine. This, this is happening right now. What happens if these kids grow up, if they're allowed to grow up? What kind of dystopian hellscape vision will they allow? So 18,000 kids being pulled out of school, that's a big thing. I got a buddy up there in Canada. Maybe I should have him on and talk about some of this stuff. I got a buddy up there in Canada. He's a professor, works with some of these kids. He works with developmentally disabled children. Him and my wife, they talk because they both work with these type of individuals. But he tells me, he's like, Jay, I'm on, I'm, I'm getting to the point to where I don't want to go to school because some of these kids are crazy. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking about, JP? He's like, no, man, like these kids are crazy. Like, like something's wrong. Like you can smell it in the air. And 18,000 elementary school kids being pulled out is a big thing. There's... You want to talk about experience, deficit, generational wealth, uh, the parallel system. That's the number right there. They didn't update them. They could face expen- uh, uh, suspension. How many of that 18,000 is going to be distilled to people who actually get what's going on? we got to continue on. We've got to continue on. Turbo brain cancer due to the university COVID-19 vaccine mandates in the United States. You read that one more time. Turbo brain cancer due to university COVID-19 vaccine mandates in the United States. Uh, So people going to school are having increased rates of turbo cancer due to the vaccine mandates. This is an article by Dr. William Mackis. We follow him on Twitter at Blobab or Blobal Research. They put this up February 15th. And it looks like it's somebody's individual story, or at least multiple people's stories. Dr. William Mackis does a good job at that. Uh, But he's talking about the turbo cancers, uh, jeepers. Let's read a little bit of this. I think this is her story. I think, yeah, I think this is her story. Um, I'm Leanne, a 35-year-old female who was recently diagnosed with a very large tumor on her left frontal parietal lobes in the meninges of the brain. The tumor encases the sagittal sinus and is resting on the body of the corpus callosum and has created its own copycat bundle of collateral veins. I am no longer able to work very much at this time and I will and will subsequently miss days of work due to the upcoming appointments in preparation for the surgery. I'm a recent graduate of NMCC, Mexico Community College, I'm assuming, uh, 2021 Associates of Arts and the UMFK, I don't know what that is, a bachelor's of science, where I earned a 3.8 GPA at both schools, was consistently on the dean's list, received special honors, recognition, and awards, and graduated at the top of student in my program at both schools. I also still currently work part-time for five hours, two days a week as a tutor at NMCC. Before this diagnosis, I was pursuing career at, at with the Aristook Mental Health Center to become a substance abuse and mental health counselor 
for the for the residential treatment area in our facility in our area. However, these plans were put on hold in light of my recent diagnosis and need for emergency brain surgery. Quote, I believe this term, this tumor is a direct result of the COVID vaccine, which I never wanted and immediately stopped getting shots of after I was no longer mandated to have it anymore by the school and would not have would not have to worry about facing any consequences such as not being set, not being able to set foot on campus anymore if I didn't have to. If the vaccine wasn't the cause, I still believe that I might have significantly contributed to what happened. And then it goes on to tell her story and and others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. U, U, UMFK is apparently the University of Maine. And it just it just documents her situation and others. And so turbo cancers, uh, what we've heard from William Mackis, Dr. Peter McCullough specifically and more because of because of the genetic damage that we're seeing here when you're targeting people's genes with this mrna messenger rna vaccine there's 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 this unraveling taking effects and whenever you destroy the ability for the body to fight off cancers and regenerate well then they're accelerating and that's why they're seeing kids that are 13 years old 12 20 years old being mutilated by this shot and it's and it's scary you can't say that it's not scary. This is the great. It's a massacre. Yeah. Continuing on. And, th and that's what's crazy is now these people are statistics. Every single person that has taken the shot is now a statistic. They're not an anomaly. They're not extraordinary. And that's rude. To say. That, 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 that's rude. I shouldn't say that. They're a statistic. They're a number. And so every single time somebody tells you to take a shot, you need to tell them 17 million did. Plus, they're dead. I don't, I don't want to be a statistic. I want to be exceptional. I want to be out of the ordinary. I want to be supernatural. I want to be extraordinary. I don't want to do this. I don't want to die. 99 million. And they can just conclude that, no, this, this is the, this, the shot's doing this. The shot's doing this. A news anchor says on air, now she wonders if her pericarditis was from her COVID shot following a report of a link between COVID vaccines and the heart and brain disorders. Let's listen. It's a question so many people have wondered. Does the COVID-19 vaccine have an impact on my health? Now, the largest COVID study ever conducted is providing some answers. A link between the vaccine and heart and brain disorders has been uncovered. Now, researchers with Global COVID Vaccine Safety Project reached this conclusion after collecting data from nearly 100 million people across eight different countries. Today, I spoke with a local medical expert who says the COVID vaccine still outweighs the risks. We also talked to everyday people about their attitude toward getting the shot. Um, I'm going through a lot of mental and physical um, things now after and it wasn't like that before. Elizabeth Foster says she questions if the COVID-19 vaccine she took in 2020 has anything to do with the decline she says she's experiencing in her health. Foster still digesting the new data released by the Global COVID Vaccine Safety Project, which studied nearly 100 million vaccinated individuals across eight countries. The report specifically looked at the adverse effects of the Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca vaccines, finding the following. The study links vaccines to slight increases in neurological blood and heart-related conditions like myocarditis, pericarditis, and Guillain-Barre syndrome. 
For instance, out of the more than 99 million people studied, researchers observed only 190 cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome in people who took the vaccine. Researchers stressed the association between the vaccines and adverse side effects does not prove the vaccine was the root cause for the illness. The silver lining for all of us, whether or not you believe in the vaccine or not, if it's safe or not, is that the strains of COVID-19, when they have mutated, they have become less deadly. Mm -hmm. We've seen those deaths trail off versus what could have been worse, where it could have mutated to a more deadly strain. Yeah, but I'm sure there are a lot of you who listen to that story. Like me, I'm sitting there going, what has happened over the past couple of years? You know, I had the COVID shot, I had COVID, um, and then dealt with pericarditis like just this past Christmas. So I never had heart problems before, so I wonder. Right. You know, now I'm going to be doing some more research to figure out what in the world. Yeah, and, and, and it's always good to check with your, your general yeah. practitioner, check with your doctor. These are the questions and conversations that you need to have when you need to decide whether or not you want to get the COVID-19 shot or any vaccine for that matter, based on your own personal health. Great story. Thanks, Tarek. Yeah, see, she's she's shook over here now. She's like, dang it, now I'm wondering. I, I literally dealt with the same thing last Christmas. Oh, my God. Maybe I should think about what I put in my body. Listen, I don't research what the drug dealer gives me. I just do the drugs. Oh, my God, like, that's bad. I shouldn't, I shouldn't snort heroin? <laughs> no, honey, you shouldn't snort heroin. Um, no, you shouldn't inject yourself with the COVID vaccine. Uh, and this is, this is, we jest, but this is a good thing. It's good that we're finally beginning to have some type of discussion about this uh, because this is your friend. This is your loved one. This is uh, your neighbor. This is the person, your farmer. This is this is everybody. Everybody needs to have this discussion. We need to start questioning the COVID vaccine because I tell you what's going to happen is the more people that realize they've been victimized by the vaccine, not only are they going to go to the government and demand retribution and judgment, which they won't get, but then we'll begin to see the dissolution of, of Pfizer, the destruction of Pfizer. But as we covered at the start of this year, towards the end of last year, they have a plan for that. They know that their time's running short and they already bought a company to start doing cancer research because of the turbo cancers that are coming out. They know this is coming, but this again is a bullish thing to see people becoming aware. I mean, my God, like, like 99, billion, 99 million people were studied. Okay, this isn't just something that's happening here in America. This is a worldwide issue. We need to start having a global discussion about this. And outside of having a discussion about the vaccine, we need to start talking about accountability. And so you're going to have people up in arms the same way you heard uh, John Walsh coming after uh, Rishi Sunak in the UK. You're going to have millions of people who are also victimized by the vaccine aggressively coming after these people. And that's going to be, that is the tsunami of truth that many people are not ready for. Continuing on with the show, blood clots and neurological disorders and swollen hearts. Multinational study on COVID vaccines paints a damning picture. This is the thing that's going through making waves. Now is the time to get this out there. Maybe we do, maybe we link this study and we download the file. We put it with the exclusive members and on our telegram. So, hey. The same way we were handing out vaccine exemption forms is the same way we're handing out this study now. People need to pay attention to this type of stuff because they don't know. Unless they're watching news clips and crap like what you just saw right there, they don't know it's a bad thing. They don't go do their research. What did I say at the start of the show? It is black sheeps leading the family. We got to get this kind of information out there too, folks, because they don't know. Like this whistleblower right here, Anna Sakno, right? She says that 
Children are dying in the vaccine trials. Pfizer scientist, whistleblower Anna Sakno says that children are dying in vaccine trials. That's what, again, that's why in Canada, their, their protocol is, oh, you got the vaccine? Well, can we offer you assisted, medical assisted death? Can we help you? They know what they're doing. So for people to come, for, for Canada to come out and say, hey, we need more kids to take these shots. <laughs> There's 18,000 kids that haven't updated their records. We're going to suspend them unless you, unless you get them their shots. Imagine watching something like what we're about to, uh, about to play for you, knowing full well that these shots are still being administered, killing people to this day, and an out-of-touch, disconnected establishment, so-called health administration, is basically telling you to poison your, poison your progeny. Hello, everybody. Uh, today, I want to share with you some horrifying news. Uh, for my new subscribers, I'm a senior associate scientist at a Pfizer facility in Kiev. Uh, before, we were only tasked uh, with importing drugs in Ukraine and their distribution here. However, recently, we were attached to a big project. I was recommended actually for it due to my experience in clinical trials. As far as I know, uh, usually Pfizer trials are done in strict accordance with the international medical standards and regulations. Uh, at least in the documents that were given for me to review, uh, all the regulations were strictly observed. However, the new COVID-19 vaccine trial that's happening right now is just a nightmare. Children are dying. Moreover, subjects aren't even aware that they're being experimented upon. This trial must be suspended immediately, uh, but uh, my employees refused to send the vaccine for revision. Last November, uh, Pfizer brought here a new test drug with the code name C6160B. It's the next generation of COVID-19 vaccine for children. Uh, kids aged uh, from 5 to 11 were being injected with, with it uh, under the guise of flu shots. Pfizer employees are only involved in the analytical part of the trials and uh, shots are being administrated by the local nurses in the few children's hospital in Kiev. I don't know if they are aware that they are offering parents to inject children with our new drug and not with the German equivalent of the flu shot. Mm. We have no communication with the hospitals. There's some agreement with the Ministry of Health, uh, so we get all the data on the condition of the patients from there. Uh, they have an electronic register updated uh, with the data from city hospitals. The first phase uh, was completed extremely fast uh, because the management was pleased with the results. Even then, I wasn't happy with it because uh, the sample size was too small, which I repeatedly talked about at the meetings. Uh, Still, the results are satisfying for everybody else, so the trials were went on to the second phase. 
and that's uh, when the horror started. There was a huge scandal in the research department, and a couple of days after the administration of shots, uh, patients were being hospitalized with hypertension, chest pain, and fever. There were a few cases of fainting as well. Uh, we ring the alarm on the day four when the first death happened. You know, a 4% rate of death rate and 20% of hospitalization rate were grim results of the vaccination. Usually this would result in an immediate revision of the drug, but after a short investigation, everything was written off as an improper conditions for transporting the batch and we were ordered to continue testing. This violates every regulation in existence. The Ministry of Health didn't have any objections also because the project was coordinated with our President Zelensky. As a result, uh, the second series of shots followed the first one. You know, 300 more children were vaccinated with almost the same result. I wrote a report demanding that the trials must be stopped immediately. And today I was told that the trials are approved to go on the third phase and the drug will be revised in the process. They said the company only has time until May, so no one is going to shift or freeze or cancel the project and the trials. You know, I I'm speechless. We started these trials to help children not to injure them or murder them. This is a part of the trials documentation and we can see the mortality chart. As I said before, the mortality rate is extremely high in the second phase, but the trials aren't stopping. This is a fragment of the list of children patients. Some of them are already dead. In three months, around 1,000 children were vaccinated in five different Kyiv hospitals. Right behind our office is the Institute of Cardiovascular Surgery with Children's Ward. Some children were brought there. Our experts could examine them personally. Uh, the next phase is set to begin on February 12th. And tomorrow I'll once again demand the higher-ups to stop the trials. Already started. I can just watch our country becoming the test field for illegal medical trials. It's already started. Did you hear that? It's already started February 12th, the next testing trials. They're going to start rolling this stuff out in May. That's crazy because that's whenever Canada is saying that you need to start having all your high school students vaccinated. That's crazy. So they're making sure that you get this, this specific hot batch. And, 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 and because we're integrators, we look at all this different information, we, we catch like random subtleties and nuances and stuff like that that wouldn't, wouldn't stand out to somebody who's compartmentalized, wouldn't stand out to somebody that's, paying, that, that's not paying attention. Thank you, Anna. I appreciate this. This is absolutely terrifying to hear. But, but think about this. We know for a fact that there are biological weapons labs over there in Ukraine. And now we're figuring out that they're doing illegal, illegal medical testing on children using vaccines and they know these vaccines are killing them why would they have these people brought off site to a completely different place so people could examine them 
because they want to see what kind of abnormalities are taking place. Why are they <laughs> why are they doing all this type of experimenting on children? Well, what have I been saying? There shall be no humans in the technocracy, only transhumans. And if they can start with these kids early, they got them for the rest of their life. They can bring them in for daily checkups, weekly checkups, monthly checkups, and see what the progress is. We're just trying to keep an eye on what's going on with the hydrovulgaris, all these different, the graphene oxide, all this different type of stuff. Imagine having unfettered access, knowing what, and, and knowing what you're looking for. We're, we're having to reverse engineer what's being done to us. These people have, through compartmentalization, full awareness of what they're doing. Absolutely devastating. That's again, that's something you could send out to all kinds of people. People that would actually want to know. And, and, and I'm not going to lie to you guys. The next couple of articles that we have for this segment, the articles and videos, they speak for themselves. I'm not going to do a whole lot of talking. Uh, they, they speak for themselves and we, we've, we've got to get through it. This right here, top FDA official testifies, we knew mRNA would cause millions to die. We knew. The same way they, they knew about myocarditis and pericarditis, they just didn't send out the email. I kid you not. Oh, we, we knew about myocarditis. We knew that about all these things. We just didn't send out the email. Yeah, they just didn't want you to know. Uh, Dr. Marks, we spoke over the phone um, back on August 10th of 2021, and I was asking about theirs because I had lots of constituents reaching out to me saying there was tons of adverse effects, there was thousands of deaths, et cetera, and they were very concerned. And I asked how many were confirmed. And at that time you said four, there were four cases that you confirmed deaths of that were caused by the vaccine. And I suggested at the time that the CDC and FDA do a better job of telling the public not just how many cases were reported, but how many were actually confirmed. And just if I heard you right, just recently you said, well, we don't want to give out too much information because of, of um, privacy rights. But certainly we could put out how many were confirmed deaths, couldn't we? Congresswoman, thank you so much for that question. I fully agree with you that we probably have not done a good enough job of communicating <laughs> sometimes the uh, actual numbers of deaths versus what's in VAERS. In fact, we just nearly fell prey to it here at this hearing. There are only handfuls, and I'll ask Dr. Jernigan to comment on this as well, handfuls well, that we can actually associate can, with that. Can I ask vaccine. why you haven't done it? I mean, this was August of 2021. I suggest, it seems very logical to me that if you're saying people, the public shouldn't count on theirs because anybody can report to that, which they can, why wouldn't you as actively report to the public, well, we confirmed this really low number of cases that actually were caused by vaccines. I mean, it's been years now. Why, why haven't you done it? We, we did present that in various settings, including at, I believe, at the Advisory Committee of Immunization Practices. It was mentioned at our vaccine uh, advisory committee. Um, uh, it perhaps did not go as broadly. Is, is there an easy place for the public to find this? I remember you gave us some kind of link back in 2021, but it was really difficult to get to if I remember right. And so why not spend the time like make if, if, if we, if the goal is to give confidence to people in getting vaccines, 
why in the world would you just not say, okay, what we have done is we've investigated these deaths, we've done this, we've done that, and we've only found, you know, a handful. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, because they knew. Because they knew. And they know that if they tell you how many people are actually victimized by this shot, it would terrify the people. Yeah, they know. They just don't, they, they, they literally just don't want you to know. And so people are, as I said before, reverse engineering this and figuring it out. They don't need the, the governments to tell them. They don't need these companies to tell them. What they need is confirmation. And they're waiting for them to play catch up. Let's continue forward. We are undergoing a soft coup under the pretext of pandemic preparedness and the biosecurity agenda. This was said by Dr. Merrill Ness a member of the European Parliament, and I think we actually may have heard this before, so I'm going to go ahead and skip it because we have something a lot more juicy, uh, pun intended, to go over. Embalmer shares shocking footage or shocking video of removing, quote, strange white fibrous clots from a dead body. Quote, I didn't start seeing this until early 2021. Audio listeners, you guys can't see it clearly, but, you know, it's just got a dead body. It's got a skull right there, or a bot- it's got a body part there, clamps, and they're fishing out a white fibrous claw out of like this body. It's crazy. Richard Hirschman, a funeral director and embalmer from, from Alabama, went viral after releasing a disturbing video on his social media account on Sunday, which has since amassed over 15 million views. Hirschman had a role in the hit documentary, quote, Died Suddenly, which was released in late 2022 and has garnered almost 19 million views. In a fascinating account of anomalies found in deceased humans since the rollout of, the, of these experimental vaccines and more, the video features Hirschman removing what he describes as, quote, strange white fibrous clots right from, from the right jugular vein of a deceased individual. Nikki King, who is also an embalmer, was recording the procedure. Hirschman, who has more than two decades of experience in embalming, expressed his disbelief and concern in the video's caption, saying, quote, the, because we, for some reason it's not playing over here on um, the Gateway Pundit. We're going to go ahead and just play it off of the off of the Twitter directly. Uh, he says, quote, this is a video of me removing one of the strange white fibrous clots from the right jugular vein. The person who was, was recording it is Nikki King, who is also an embalmer. I did not notice it until I lifted the vessel up. I could feel it inside the vein. I only show this because people still don't believe believe it and ask for video evidence. What's causing this? I can't say for sure, but I didn't start seeing this until early 2021. Unfortunately, I find it strange clotting in several bodies that I involve. Gross. It's like calamari. It's like uh, it's not not sushi. It's for sure like calamari. Nice like, look at that! Wow, that's insane. I'm gonna show how stretchy this stuff is. That's insane. What is that? Very much like a rubber band. to the size of your hand or your finger. 
So what what is this stuff? What is this? At this point, I can't help but think that the, the, the fibrous blood clots are being used to create some type of internal nervous system that the technology can use to communicate and just remote control the body. And like that, that like uh, I don't know what this is. I don't know where this fits in the stuff. I don't know what the, the, the strange fibrous blood clots are. Obviously, it's, it's been brought on by the vaccine, but what is its purpose for? Is, is it just to kill people? Is it to do that? Is it to set up that nervous system inside of the body? That's, uh. Oh, my gosh. Millions of people have this inside of them. Millions of people have this the, these white, strange, fibrous blood clots sitting inside of them. And they're just walking around in their day-to-day life. They've got no idea what's going on. That's creepy. That's creepy. That's gross. That's wild. But that's reality. That's that's that is the strange world we now find ourselves in. People literally having like like it looks like a nervous system. Like I I I I'm a nerd, right? I'm a nerd. So I watch movies like Alien or I watch TV shows like Doctor Who. And in Doctor Who, they have these characters called the Daleks. And these Daleks are just like this eye socket. It's like eye tendril sponge type. I don't know, like a space octopus or like a... The Daleks are like a central nervous system brain thing created and just put inside of like a machine. And so I I look at this and that's what my my mind immediately thought. I was like, oh, well, this is... They've already got the hydrovolgaris in there, but they need some type of material that can like animate the body and send directions and hook up into the, the 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 body that is there to take things over. This is this is this is what a tendril would look like if it could spread to completion and take over like the whole body. This is this is what it would look like. But I have no idea what this is. That's what I'm saying. This stuff is inside of millions of people around the entire world, and nobody nobody's talking about it. Nobody knows what to do with it. When you discuss it, you're called crazy. It's it, this is next level stuff. COVID, COVID mRNA vaccinated emit strange fluorescent glow under UV light. We've actually got an, a, a video uh, about this. We've actually got two videos, maybe by Greg Reese, where he he does a great breakdown of this. But I mean, you know what this is. This is the Luciferase. This is what was happening whenever we were getting posts and videos of people taking black light to their injection site post vaccine. And then they would see, they would, they would essentially see just like a white vein under the black light, under the UV light going down to like their body. Magnetism was detected. All kinds of weird things were, 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 were associated with the initial injection of the COVID vaccine. And now we're hearing that people are emitting a light. Says new research has, sh- has sent shockwaves through the scientific community after it revealed that people who have received COVID mRNA shots emit a strange fluorescent glow under certain ultraviolet light. The glow appears as tiny dots on the skin that appear to move around on their own. The disturbing discovery was made by Dr. Anna Maria Mal- Mielcia, 
Her work is shown through scientific testing and backed up by a government and NGO documentation. New research shows that those who receive the COVID shots emit a fluorescent orange glow in their faces that is visible under a UV light of 365 nanometers. Those who were exposed to shedding emit this glow around their nose, the research reveals. After his wife was coerced into getting the COVID shot, PhD Justin Coy began his own research. He found that the more shots a person received, the more they glow under UV light. The glow can be seen initially around the nose and over times through the entire face and into the neck. After a hot shower, filaments are expelled through the skin of the vaxxed. These filaments also emit a glow under UV light. These filaments not only glow, but they have been shown to move on their own in spastic movements. And they are also attracted to people. In videos, they can be seen trying to latch onto a finger. And when a person who has received the shot has dry skin, the expelled filaments will become airborne. This could explain how shedding occurs from the vaxxed to the unvaxxed. The Pfizer trial documentation states stated that an unvaccinated individual in, pro, in close proximity to someone who's been vaxxed can be infected by inhalation or skin contact. According to a report from InfoWars, the evidence shows that humanity has been infected with cutting-edge surveillance nanotechnology through the mass vaccination of the public with the COVID shots. And, and I think that might be the best place to go ahead and play these Greg Reese videos. Right here, hydrogels and COVID vaccine as programmable hint human interface. We're going to play this clip, and then we, he, he's, he's put out another video just two days ago about how evidence shows biological ID systems have already been deployed. So, so we're talking about the graphene oxide, the hydrovulgaris, bioluminescent bio humans, and, 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 and all of this stuff. This is transhumanism. COVID was, the COVID was the vector that they used to launch the transhumanist agenda. The following report is from Dr. Anna Maria Mielcia's recent article entitled Hydrogel Platform Enables Versatile Data Encryption and Decryption. The building blocks of hydrogels are being found in the COVID vaccine and hydrogels are being found in the blood of both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. They are the so-called blood clots that are being found around the world. And these hydrogels can now be programmed, encrypted, and decrypted. According to Mielcia, they are the substrate of the brain-computer interface and the primary method of fusing humans with machines, as she described by referencing MIT research in the article Hydrogel Interfaces for Merging Humans and Machines. Elements which Mielcia and Clifford Carnicom found with near-infrared spectroscopy in the blood of the unvaccinated exposed to shedding and environmental contamination include hydrogel plastics such as polyenes, vinyl, nylon, Kevlar, and spider silk proteins, as well as other nanotechnology signatures such as silicone and sulfur. This technology hijacks methyl groups, which are needed to detoxify and create glutathione in the body. Hydrogels used for the encrypted programmable technology include polyvinyl alcohol and polycaprolactone. Both of these hydrogels are listed as stealth nanoparticles in the Moderna patent for lipid nanoparticle composition. This suggests that not only those who received the shot have this hydrogel encryption technology in their bodies, but also those who have experienced shedding and environmental contamination, which is just about everyone. 
These hydrogels are known to be programmable and encrypted. This technology can behave as brain storage. It can store memories and visual information in an individual's brain. And it can be chemically induced to be securely encrypted and decrypted, allowing for the secure recording and storage of confidential visual information. This provides a platform for secure financial transactions, which is a requirement for a digital ID. MIT researchers have discussed how this very same technology can be used to fuse humans with machines. And while they've had problems working it out in the past, a recent paper has announced they found success using the very same elements found in both the blood of the vaccinated and unvaccinated by Miel Sia and Carnicom. In a lecture by Professor Sakrat Kizroev at the University of Miami, it is discussed how advanced materials can be used for interfacing machines and the human brain. He references a research project funded by DARPA, wherein magnetic nanoparticles are key to this technology. Mielcia has published research that shows how the COVID shots alter torsion fields in the body and produce magnetism. A review by the RAND Corporation, Brain-Computer Interfaces, U.S. Military Applications and Implications, discussed the convergence of human with machine. In an interview with Big Pharma whistleblower Karen Kingston, Kingston discusses this self-assembly nanotechnology and how the spike protein is an engineered device triggered by electromagnetic frequency and how the quantum dots are gene editing technology. This nanotechnology appears to be distributed via chemtrails, the food and water supply, medications, and in all of the scheduled vaccines for children. It has been found by multiple scientists in the blood of both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And the fact that this widespread technology is being ignored while the topic of mRNA is being pushed into the mainstream is of great concern. Mielcia has shown that the new protocols being sold to the public as a way of reversing the negative effect of the COVID shots have no effect on these hydrogels. And it would seem that well over a billion people are infected with them. While many are talking about an archaic implanted computer chip, it seems that the latest breakthrough technology has already been deployed without anyone's consent. The situation almost seems hopeless, but where there is a will, there is a way. And now is not the time to hide our head in the sand. The human body is miraculous and our potential is endless. The more people addressing this dire situation, the better chances we have of finding a remedy. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. I appreciate you, Greg. Appreciate your work, Greg. Here is his other video. Evidence shows biological ID system has been deployed, has already been deployed. And he has the picture of the individual with the bioluminescent face right underneath it. So we're going to play this, and we're going to play Tedros Gabrasius saying, hey, disease X is not if, but when. And then we'll close out this segment. But uh, here's Greg Reese's report. We'll pick it up from there. Emotionally, it is easy to dismiss the work of Dr. Anna Maria Mielchia for it is very disturbing, but her work is shown through scientific testing and backed up by government and NGO documentation. 
And the evidence shows that humanity has already been infected with cutting edge surveillance nanotechnology. This is a follow up to my last report on Dr. Miel Chia's hydrogel research. New research shows that those who received the COVID shots emit a fluorescent orange glow in their faces that is visible under a UV light of 365 nanometers. And those who have been exposed to shedding emit this glow around their nose. After his wife was coerced into getting the COVID shot, PhD Justin Coy began his own research. He found that the more shots a person received, the more they glowed under UV light. The glow can be seen initially around the nose and over time spreads throughout the entire face and oh. into the neck. Oh my God. After a hot shower, filaments are expelled through the skin of the vaxxed. And these filaments also emit a glow under UV light. These filaments not only glow, but they have been shown to move on their own in spastic movements. And they are also attracted to people. In videos, they can be seen trying to latch onto a finger. And when a person who has received the shot has dry skin, these expelled filaments will become airborne. This could explain how shedding occurs from the vaxxed to the unvaxxed. The Pfizer trial document stated that an unvaxxed individual in close proximity to someone who's been vaxxed can be infected by inhalation and skin contact. In 2008, a biological nanotechnology pesticide designed to kill the brown moth in the state of California was deployed and appears to have included the same sort of fluorescent invisible micro dye that we see in the scientific research. Dr. Hildegard Staninger tested individuals exposed to this nanotech pesticide and found that a glow could be detected in their eyes under UV light. Dr. Staninger called this the eye of Horus effect due to its similar appearance and claimed it was due to the use of fluorescent thiocyanate in the pesticide, which according to the literature would have been used to track the effectiveness of the dispersal. The idea has been around for decades. The Institute for National Security Studies, Non-Lethal Weapons, Terms and References, published in 1997, discusses an invisible infrared dye which is visible under UV light so that rioters can be later identified. Justin Coy points out how the genetic code for luciferase, a bioluminescent enzyme found in nature, is included in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, along with SV40, which could theoretically allow the luciferase to be written into the genetics of the recipient. Coy proposes that this could be what is causing oh the vaxxed to glow under UV light. Oh my God. The TRACE Act, HR 6666, COVID-19 Testing, Research and Contacting Everyone Act, was introduced in May of 2020. The bill authorizes the Centers for Disease Control to contact, trace and monitor the population. In late 2020 and early 2021, People all over the world started noticing purple streetlights, which is the color of UV light. The quantum dot tattoo research funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation provided a way of detecting whether or not a person was vaccinated by including fluorescent medical information in the vaccines. Invisible near infrared tattoos that would imprint beneath the skin to later be read by customized smartphones. In the scientific literature on quantum dot research, 
these fluorescent medical information tattoos have a similar appearance to the faces of those infected by the vax under UV light. You may or may not believe in biblical prophecy, but it seems clear that the ones running this diabolical program are using it as their playbook. From Revelation 13, and the second beast required all people small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. But never forget, we still have free will. Greg Reese reporting. Oh my God. That's like terrifying. That is absolutely terrifying. Let's see if we can find like that, that just that picture itself of that lady. Just, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go find some body and I'm going to take a black light to them. And I'm just going to stand there and say like, do you know what this is? And then we have to tell them like, you, you do you hang around vaccinated people? Have you experienced any adverse events, strange symptoms? This is intense. I'm speechless. This is intense. And now, like, I, like that's something I'm going to have to sit back on and just kind of just, just, just meditate on because we really, truly are creating a completely different species. This is, this is so crazy. It's straight out of a science fiction movie. And where where do you think this goes? Where do you think this goes? So for the final article for this segment, World Health Organization Chief Tedros Cabrasius warns of an inedible disease X pandemic, saying that it's a matter of when, not if. All this death, all this chaos, all these people being hurt, killed, shot, and maimed by the vaccine, and these people want to threaten another pandemic just so they can do it again, just so they can lock down the rest of the world, control and control power and consolidate everything. And listen, the same way you hear Hillary Clinton be worried, listen to how these people are worried because they know what happens whenever they do this. History teaches us that the next pandemic is a matter of when, not if. It may be caused by an influenza virus or a new coronavirus or it may be caused by a new pathogen we don't even know about yet, or what we call disease X. There has been a lot of attention on disease X, especially recently. But in fact, it's not a new thing. We first used the term disease X in 2018. It was just the same time I spoke here in this government site uh, summit in 2018. And we used disease X as a placeholder for a disease we don't even know about yet, but for which we can nonetheless prepare. COVID-19 was a disease X, a new pathogen causing a new disease. But there will be another disease X or a disease Y, or a disease Z. And as things stand, the world remains unprepared for the next disease X 
and the next pandemic. Z is X, Y, and Z are coming, ladies and gentlemen. And they're going to be the ones that release it. We're going to be talking about not that, but more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Since our last meeting, we've made tremendous progress. And I'd like to say that most of the credit goes to our extremely efficient International Research and Development Committee. So I would like to thank each and every one of you for your hard work and dedication to our cause. In reviewing this year's progress, let me say that we have been highly effective in conditioning the people's minds to accept our solution to the world's problems. The energy crisis here in the United States was exceptionally successful worldwide and we expect similar success with our upcoming food shortage. Our labor leaders have made great progress by causing confusion and work stoppages in all areas of the world. Financially, the dollar is being devalued even faster than we could have hoped. Politically, the public has lost total confidence in any form of government. The threat of universal war is a daily possibility. As you know, we ourselves do not need to hold any visible office of leadership. As a matter of fact, it's better that we do not. If we control the finances, news media, food, transportation, energy, we control everything. It is important that you, as world leaders, Keep our program before your countrymen. With our World Bank and computer program operational, we now have the capacity to control the financial affairs of every human being on Earth by giving each person his own computer number. Anytime his number is used, we would know his financial situation at once. He could not buy or sell anything without his computer number. It will simplify their lifestyles tremendously. The end result will be a one-world monetary and government system that we alone will control. 
Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Questions tonight about a controversial program launched by the Adams administration to give migrant families prepaid debit cards to buy food and other things they need. CBS 2's political reporter Marsha Kramer is here to sort it all out. Marsha. Well, Dick and Dana, Mayor Adams says giving asylum seekers debit cards to buy their own food will save the city millions. But the head of the city council's oversight and investigations committee wants to know why the city issued a $53 million no-bid contract without seeing if it could get a better deal. I think you should bid it out to see who would do the best job at the best cost for taxpayers. Councilmember Gail Brewer says she wants to investigate a pilot program launched by Mayor Adams to give asylum seekers prepaid debit cards that will allow them to buy food, baby products, and other necessities at supermarkets, bodegas, groceries, and convenience stores. The $53 million contract reviewed by CBS2 gives the firm Mobility Capital Finance lots of fees for services, including a $125,000 one-time setup fee, $250,000 in annual management fees, and fees based on how much money is distributed to migrants, $1.5 million for the first $50 million handed out, $2.5 million for the next $100 million. The pilot program will involve 500 families staying in short-term hotels like the Roe and the Watson. According to the contract, the most a card can have is $10,000, but most cards will be refilled every four weeks. A family of four can get about $1,000, $35 a day, and they can buy whatever food they want to eat. I don't know exactly um, how it's going to work. In other words, I do say from the release it would be for diapers and baby products and food but you know you have to be careful that that's what it's actually going to be for mayor adams insists it's an innovative way to save money and prevent food waste because many asylum seekers don't eat the food they were given in the hotels and shelters he said if the pilot program is successful it is going to save us in the area of 7.2 million dollars a year uh, i believe six hundred thousand uh, dollars a month were there other people that could have provided the same service for less money? You know, is it, are you getting the best bang for your buck? Without a doubt. The mayor insisted that part of the allure of the company is that it was a minority-owned firm. MWBs, you know, uh, women and minority-owned businesses have historically been locked out. So I know I'm disrupting what people traditionally would like for us to do. Now, the mayor, who has a penchant for surrounding himself with friends and acquaintances, insisted he had no personal relationship with the owner of the company. He said, and I quote, we don't hang out in the Hamptons together or go to baseball games together. And that's what he had to say. All right, Marsha. Oh, great. Much. Right on. Thanks, Marsha. Appreciate that.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're just hearing how your government doesn't care for you at all and is just selling your inheritance to undeserving immigrants. Crazy, huh? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this segment and addition of Factions of Freedom, Cascading Crises, Cascading Crisis, right? The like this is a it, it's a far-reaching issue when it comes to immigration, multiculturalism, globalism. We've been talking about it and then about it throughout the entirety of this episode. It's a big deal, though. And unfortunately, in this segment, we're just going to be playing video after video. <laughs> video after video of just of, of our country going down the drain with little articles mentioned in between. And so since we've already taken up a fair amount of your guys' time, I'm not going to do so much more so. I'm just going to try to get through as many of these articles as fast as possible. Again, as you see, a unfortunately, like a movie of your replacements coming in. I mean, we've even got like a clip of, you know, of, of governors saying, hey, let more of these migrants in to stay with you. And so if the replacement agenda couldn't be more obvious, if you couldn't see the multicultural that's happening here, the genocide, the democide that's taking place, I don't know what to tell you. Look at this. Uh, under Joe Biden, the number of illegals who have entered the U.S. is greater than the population of 36 states. It says that the new analysis finds that the number of illegal immigrants who have entered the U.S. on Biden's watch is greater than the population of 36 states. 36 states. The numbers are absolutely staggering and all, and, and there are still months left before Joe Biden will potentially leave office. If he doesn't, and this madness continues... It's really impossible to imagine what the country would look like in four more years. Illegal immigration have now eclipsed the economy as a top issue for 2024, and this is why. Everyone knows this is not a sustainable solution. Nearly 7.3 million migrants have illegally entered across the southwest border under President Biden's watch, a number greater than the population of 36 individual states. And we've, we've talked about this. How, yes, this isn't sustainable. Where are they going to put these people? A large chunk of them will be over on the border. An even larger, like, like, this is this is how they will repopulate the West that has been depopulated by this vaccine. They will put migrants in isolated areas of the country. You heard Hillary Clinton at the start of the show kind of mention Project 2025, where Donald Trump says he wants to use federal money to start creating different cities around the nation. Well, here's your here's, here's your citizens, and they would use that federal money to create those 15-minute cities, which what we saw over there in Tampa, Arizona, where these people would be perfectly high, perfectly fine with living in those type of conditions. You see that? You see? 30, 36 different states. This is how they create another few, maybe one or two, and then this is how they get control of our political system. This is the voting block. And this is how we gradually integrate these people into our society, like this right here. Michigan governor calls on residents to house and settle illegal migrants. An article by Nima Harris from The People's Voice, they put this up February 20th. Since Michigan has become the latest state to push a migrant housing scheme, as cities find out it is increasingly difficult to deal with the massive influx of illegals pouring in from the open border. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is now urging residents in her state to help house illegal aliens as the migrant invasion continues and worsens. Her administration is looking for volunteers to help with several tasks, including, quote, 
meeting the person or the family at the airport, helping find housing, enrolling their children in school, and helping finding them employment for the adults. And it looks like there's a news clip that says the rest. It is looking for volunteers to support refugees. Yeah, the Office of Global Michigan is looking for residents to provide support to newly arrived refugees. And this includes meeting the person or the family at the airport, helping find housing, enroll children in school, and help with finding employment for adults. Now, the Michigan Department of Labor and Economics says it requires a 90-day commitment. To learn more about the program, visit michigan.gov OGM. 90 days. They make it sound like it's a like it's a vacation. I wish I could go to I wish I could go and take my family to Japan for 90 days off of somebody else's dime. I just show up there. The government's telling people, take this uh take this take EJ in. <laughs> take EJ in for 90 days. Feed him, clothe him, find him a job, take care of his kids, get him in school, do all that cool stuff for 90 days. That's intense. That's next level. A lot of stuff can happen in 90 days. That's like three months right there. And, you know, what's crazy is I saw a video of this on Twitter earlier this week where a lady that came from the Caribbean and I forget, I think she was like in Florida or something like that. And they had this, this, this like migrant resettlement sponsorship program. And she's like, oh, no, I like it. And so what they're saying is they've, they've somehow figured out a way to make slavery and racism woke and trendy. So take in these migrants, like I talked about just last week. We'll get a little migrant child. He'll help us run factions of freedom. You know, he'll 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 be our person. And while I jest and joke about this, these people are actually deadly serious. This is this is what it looks like to be replaced by foreign invaders. Uh, illegal aliens enjoy free hotel stays and luxury meals in Boston, funded by taxpayers. Yep. You, you, you pay for that. You pay for that. We actually have a clip coming up uh, where you see the inside of one of these hotels where they're housing these migrants. This is an article by David Linfield from Slate News. They put this up February 21st. It says that the Democrat-led city of Boston, Massachusetts, has been rolling out the red carpet for foreign nationals who enter the country illegally. New documents show the rising public cost of sheltering migrants in Massachusetts. As the state grapples with the strain on its emergency shelter system, Taxpayers have been paying for little legal border crossers to stay in hotels and dine on luxury meals. The state has 17 contracts totaling $116 million to house the mostly military-aged migrants through June. So let me I, – I, what, what's crazy is we're hearing that, you know, March, April, May, June, that whole segment is going to be chaos. <laughs> They're going to be rolling out. They're going to be rolling out um, more COVID vac stuff. They're going to be rolling out the migrants. You think those migrants have taken the vaccine? There's also, I'm sure, going to be even more economic devastation going on. Like, like I said before, starting the show, we we're hearing about how there's, there's, there's not bank attacks, but cyber attacks. Things are going to start popping off. Let's take a trip over there to Twitter and look at one of the hotels that's making millions of dollars off the illegal fake refugee crisis, $260,000 per day for 1,333 rooms to house the illegals. That's $7.2 million each month just to house these migrants. Let's watch. Hotel. This is one of the five hotels that has been transformed into a shelter. So we're gonna walk in there and see what kind of operation they're running inside. 
This is a really nice hotel. How's it going? Oh yeah, we were just checking out the hotel. It's closed, but there's a ton of people in here right now. Oh, you guys shelter for the migrants going in? Yeah, yeah, it's no longer open to the public. Closed to the public. How many floors is it? Thirty, 30 floors. This thing is. Yeah. You guys aren't allowed to talk about it. Why is it like such a big secret? Do you think? We just follow orders. When hotels such as the Row Hotel close until further notice, they sign the contract with an outside source saying that they will pay the rent in order for them to house the migrants. And the hotels love it because it is guaranteed money every single night. And at a rate of $200 per night at the Row Hotel, and with 1,331 rooms, that is $260,000 a day, $1.8 million a week, and $7.2 million a month. And all that money is guaranteed. Teed. You know, I'm thinking to myself as as we move over here to another video in San Diego, California, dealing with more migrants and more hotels. You know who owns hotels? Donald Trump. Hey guys, we're at the Ramada Inn Suites in Mission Valley, and they're doing human trafficking here. Um, so we're going to be checking it out and seeing what we can find. It's kind of late, and they like to do stuff at night, but we're going to go see if we can see something um, over a balcony um, to look in because they're everything is fenced off, and so we're going to see what we can find. So. So it looks like they're speeding up the footage. That's what you guys are hearing. Oh, there's Border Patrol. No way. Holy shit. Everybody gets their gear. Welcome to America. Yep, and so they're just trafficking people. Pay attention to the well-organized operation. So they they all get off the bus. They grab their bags. They take their orders. And I want helping them. Sunday night. They don't stop. Doesn't matter the hour of the day. It's all day, every day. By the border, San Diego. And now they're off to go pick up more. Looks like this is footage of them actually going up to them. So I'm gonna back it up and let it let it play. 
How do you process them? I don't know. It's not my business. Well, we want to come in because we're, we're seeking asylum. We feel like we're. Uh, I'm asking the legal. All right. I think you guys get it from there. He just said that they only let illegals in here. I think you guys get it from there. Chalk video, huge line of illegals, quote, as far as the eye can see, traversed down steep, rocky mountain after crossing into San Diego. This is Joe Biden's America. Jeez, let's, let's see the video of just a snake trail down the mountain. But people just try to get into America. They're getting bust here. They're getting flown here. They're getting shipped here. Hiking to get here. How crazy would that be to see? Like seriously, because I go hiking. I, I go hiking all the time. I go hiking all the time. Some or I used to go hiking all the time. <laughs> People that used to follow me on my Snapchat know I was always up in the mountains. Specifically on Thursdays, I would be up in the mountains running. How crazy would that be if, like, while I'm you know seven miles deep into the mountains? I'm running. I've got my dogs. I'm sweating. Right. I'm I'm jamming the music up into these mountains, and then I just see a snake trail of a human trail of people. How crazy would that be? Just imagine being out there like hiking for a day. You know, you got the day off. You're enjoying some sunlight. You're having some water, and then you see an organized trail leading from the top of a mountain all the way down to your location. That's the level that these people are at. And it's either them being desperate or 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 people being told that America is the land of milk and honey. You need to get there regardless of whatever what regardless of whatever it takes. Insane. Texas announces construction of military quote base camp housing eighteen hundred soldiers in Eagle Pass to manage the immigration crisis. An article by Cassie B from Natural News. They put this up February twenty first. It says as the illegal immigrate immigrant invasion continues to take over Texas, Governor Greg Abbott has announced the construction of a military base in the border city of Eagle Pass along the Rio Grande to provide additional support. The 80-acre base will have the capacity to house more than 1,800 Texas National Guard soldiers who are supporting Operation Lone Star. If the situation there becomes worse, which seems likely given the record-setting numbers of encounters registered lately, the facility can be expanded to house as many as 2,300 soldiers. Abbott said, quote, because of the magnitude of what we're doing, because of the need to sustain and actually expand our efforts of what we're doing, it's essential that we build this base camp for the soldiers. Eagle Pass has been a key location in the ongoing crisis, with the governor amassing National Guard troops not only from the Texas, but also from states, other states whose Republican governors have sent support for setting up barriers and razor wire to keep illegals out of the country. The urgently needed base known as Forward Operating Base Eagle, FOB Eagle, FOB, FOB Eagle, yeah, just FOB, will be up and running soon. 
by the mid by the middle of April, it should have 300 beds ready, and a fur, with a further 300 beds being added each month after that, according to Texas Major General Thomas Sluzer. It will have three com- three command posts, a helicopter pad, and rooms for storing weapons. The base will also be equipped with a dining facility that can accommodate 700 people, workout areas, medical ser- services, laundry facilities, mental health facilities, Wi-Fi access, and on-site movie theaters. Soldiers will be given individual rooms. The aim of the base is to increase and improve border security operations in Eagle Pass. Currently, Texas National Guard personnel are scattered across the, ar- the area in camp quarters, Abbott said, with many of them needing to travel long distances to get to work. Some are living in, in, in tents or hotels, while others in private homes. Last month, Border Patrol arrested more than 124,000 people, which is a shocking number, but a noticeable drop in the record high of nearly 250,000 recorded in December. Eagle Pass, in particular, has seen significant declines, which Abbott and other Texas officials believe is a sign of their efforts at the border, that the border has been effective. Governor Abbott stated that, quote, this base camp is going to dramatically improve conditions for our soldiers. Texas would not be able to respond to President Biden's border crisis without the brave men and women of the Texas National Guard, and it is essential to build this base camp for them. So they're stepping it up. That's that's what you see. They're stepping it up. They're doubling down. But, you know, and I can't. Again, I'm I'm just thinking future tense. I can't help but see attacks on that on that base. And I can see that base being used again to monitor the 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 the, the growing population that is there. It's going to be a base. It's going to be a town. It's going to be a city. It's going to be an area that needs to be managed by the military. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's 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 in the playbook, like this right here. Military age Syrian men illegally cross into San Diego. It's in the playbook. Where are you from? Syria. 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 Ah, what's your name? Milad. Milad, why'd you come to the U.S.? Uh, why coming to U.S.? No. No English. Okay. Where are you from? From Syria. Syria? English? So so. Why are you coming to the U.S.? Why come? Because we uh, we love America, and uh, we need uh, a nice style, a nice life. Yeah, coming uh, for jobs. Yeah, a nice job, a nice uh, because uh, our country uh, uh, very well. What's your name? Danny. Danny. Good luck. Thank you. Where are you from? Ahmed, Syria. Syria. What's your name? Ahmed. 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 Uh, same question. Why do you come to the U.S.? Uh, Where are you from? Oh, what was that? What was that? Was this a Syrian trying to speak Spanish or what? Syria. What's your name? Ahmed. 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 Uh, same question. Why do you come to the U.S.? Where are you from? That's crazy. You got Syrians coming over here learning Spanish, trying to dodge, dodge, dodge English. That's crazy. Not unheard of, but man, I tell you, it's just, it's getting increasingly more wild out there. An illegal Chinese immigrant was asked why he came to the U.S. He answered, "To take money." Where in China are you from? Where? Hangzhou. Guzhou? Yeah. Where in the U.S. do you want to go? Um, do, do you know maybe. what city? Yes, maybe. 
What city do you want to go to? Um, I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. Okay. Why did you come? Um, take money. Money? Yes. For job? Yes. There's no job in China. Um, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Where in China are you from? Uh, I come from Guangzhou. Where? Guangzhou. Guangzhou? Yeah. Where in the U.S. do you want to go? Um, do you know maybe. what city? Yes, maybe. What city do you want to go to? Um, I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. Okay. Why did you come? Um, take money. Money? Yes. For job? Yes. There's no job in China. Um, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> they laugh at us. Border border agents report encounters with nearly 30,000 Chinese illegal immigrants since October. 30,000 of what you saw right there. 30,000. I don't know. Don't know if those are gotaways. Don't know if those are ones we caught. Just, just encounters. We don't know if they're CCP officials. We don't know what's going on. Just... We've seen them. 30,000 of the ha-has laughing at you, you stupid Americans. Do you understand how dangerous this is? When we talked last week about the, the sophistication of criminals, like that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's villains, it's criminals, it's terrorists, it's killers, it's Satanists, it's rapers, it's, it's all this stuff. It's all this stuff. Thieves, stealing Girl Scout cookies, because there's money in it. There's money in it. Here is footage of Afghani Muslim men in the Panama jungle migrant camp saying that they are coming to the United States and Canada from Afghan to escape the Taliban, except one of them was wearing the actual necklace. Here it is. It's, it's, this is Lower Loomer finding Afghani men in the Panama jungle. From Afghanistan, and where are you trying to go? Uh, Canada. Canada? Are you trying to get to the United States at all? Are you trying to go to the United States? Where? Where in the United States? Where? No matter what ever. One if American worker, no problem. What are you trying to do in America or Canada? We want to study here and get knowledge and work here. Get work? Yeah. Why are you leaving Afghanistan? Uh, because of uh, the Taliban. The Taliban. Okay. Are you guys uh, Christians? Are you Christians, Muslims? Muslim. Muslim. Hola. ¿Dónde son? Venezuela. ¿Y dónde quieres viajar? Where? I, I was asking too. What do you guys think about uh, President Joe Biden? No. <laughs> Why are you? Uh, why are you? Uh, aside from trying to escape the Taliban, why else are you trying to come yeah, to the United States? It's so crazy. You can like look at these guys and know they're lying. You can look at these kids and know they're lying. Yeah. 
luego me voy a Canadá. Canada. Sí. Okay. So you got Afghani Muslims sitting right yeah. there. Guys, Nick, Chris, he had a bullet. Next Which one? Can I? You have a necklace, a bullet necklace. Yeah. See, they. What's over your name? My name is Mahdi. Mahdi, and you're from Afghanistan. Okay. What's on your necklace? No? Yeah, see. He's got a bullet necklace. Doesn't want to talk anymore. Yeah, see, and these and these are the people coming into the country. These are the people that we're like genuinely concerned about. We're not worried about the ones that want to come through here, come get an education, come get a better life, come do something. But the ones who have obvious, obvious like <laughs> nefarious intentions, who have bad intentions, these are the ones we're worried about. But my God, like the fact that we're not even able to have this discussion on like a wider scale shows like the the political correctness, the danger we're in. That's what I'm saying. If you were to show this type of footage to anybody else in the world, they would say you've got a security issue on your hands. But in delusional America, they keep they say keep sending them in, keep sending more, more and more and more. Look at this right here. Illegal immigrant steals a state owned truck and goes on an hour long chase in Maryland. Nicaraguan citizen Cesar Flavio Lanuza was arrested and sent to the hospital after the after being caught. Lanuza allegedly stole the State Highway Administration tow truck while the driver was assisting someone. The illegal hit multiple cars, ran through utility lines, and even injured two officers. They were sent to the hospital and later released. This is all done on your dime. Taxpayer dollars. Our taxpayer dollars got this guy here. And when he got here, he stole he stole a state-owned truck. And then he went on a joyride like this is something out of Grand Theft Auto. And who's going to pay for the, the the damages on that vehicle? Not the state-owned vehicles, but the civilians and the citizens' vehicles. Look at that, man. And so it's just starting. The lawlessness, the bedlam, the chaos, right? The disorder. It's just starting. They got to they let it, you know, cook a little bit more. They got to let the chaos simmer a little bit more. Illegal alien gangs are terrorizing Americans in major cities. This is gangs. This comes from Independent Sentinel. They put this up February 21st. It's by M. Dowling. It says, gangs of illegal aliens are stealing thousands of dollars of merchandise from local businesses in, Philad in, a, in a Philadelphia suburb, West Whiteland Township, 2,000 miles away from the southern border. Previously deported criminals are returning to the, to the community in under a month. WPVI 6 ABC reported that at least three groups of illegal immigrants have allegedly stolen thousands of dollars for, of merchandise from businesses in the Pennsylvania town within the past month. Quote, they're taking advantage of coming to the U.S. and committing these crimes and being able to disappear to some degree. Detective Scott Peschick with the, White, with the West Whiteland Township Police Department said, according to the outlet, on February 1st, police said two men were involved in a theft at the Ulta. I think we reported on this last week. At the Ulta that netted about $2,000 worth of merchandise, they were identified as Albert Terelba, Jordan, and Kivier Yachter Camps, both from Venezuela, and the police said both crossed into the U.S. illegally. Yeah, we, we covered that just last month. And now we've got video that shows migrants, moped riders, dragging women. 
dragging women. Jesus. As they steal her phone. You know, New York City illegal alien moped gang ringleader makes chilling admission about crime network. It's much bigger than me. Like, and, and he's right. For him to say that, that's him saying in a weird way, uh, I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm just doing what I'm told. It's much bigger than me. I may be the ringleader, but I'm not the one calling the shots. They just put me in this position because I'll do the stuff. That's a little wild to think about. Here's President Trump on the whole matter. Of our local police, your sheriff has recently stated that organized criminal squads of illegal alien gang members are hiding in the trees and breaking into rural and suburban Michigan into your homes after dark, plundering them for jewelry, purses, electronics, cash, watches, and anything else they can get their hands on. That's what's happening in Michigan. It happened to that guy. Look, he's raising his hand. It happened to him. If you don't want to have illegal alien criminals crawling through your windows and going through your drawers, as the expression goes, then vote against crooked Joe Biden. Throw him the hell out of office. It's crazy. That's not even fear porn. That's not even fear porn. That's not even, you know, sensationalism. That's that's reality. Look at this video I think we covered just last week, but I think this is like the longer form version of it. Here's New York Police Department officers assaulted while trying to make an arrest with inside the Randall Island Illegal Alien Sanctuary. And so this is, again, just a microcosm of what's going to begin to be exported around the entire nation to where police officers literally can't even do their job. Because, again, you've got all these other different cultures here that just know police is bad. And and, and they're not going to put up with it. This is crazy. We probably we won't watch we won't watch it in its entirety. It's pretty rowdy, but I think again, you guys just need to see what's going on in these migrant facilities, how the cops really can't do anything, and how this this is a ticking time bomb. They're just incubating over there in these facilities. Just wait till they, not even wait till they're till they're released. When they break out, they still stay on trucks and they go on joy rides, or they jump on mopeds and they steal people's uh, phones or purses and slam them into into objects. Bust out the bust out the baton. You got four or five officers trying to arrest one person. Imagine being the officer on scene here. You're you're literally going to need a translator. There's no way that you can do your job when you have people in different dialects shouting at you, and there's no way you can understand this. And this is just one migrant, man. There's no way they can get all these people taken care of. They're trying to crank this guy's arm.
you're seeing you're seeing either family members or other people visibly like shaken and upset angry man man i i look at this and i i shake my head i worry for those police officers having to make that make sense that's insane that's next level truly incredible and so we're going to start wrapping it up right here we've got uh this quick clip and then we've got a fat a flashback clip to, to, to end the episode how will donald trump track down and deport millions of illegals like what you just saw right there well he said he's going to use local law enforcement this is a post over here from M Truth, MJ Truth Ultra. He says, do you think local law enforcement could accomplish this? Anyone in local in law enforcement want to chime in? He says, I'm trying to work this out in my head, and I find myself going back to Eisenhower. The largest mass deportation in history consisted of deporting 1.3 million illegals by President Eisenhower in 1955 under Operation Wetback with the help of the Mexican government, which sought the return of Mexican nationals to alleviate a labor shortage, Border Patrol agents, and local officials used military tactics and engaged in a coordinated tactical operation to remove the immigrants. I have a hard time believing just local law enforcement will be used to remove 50 million illegals. The military has to be involved, I would think. Voters here is, how do you plan to deport the millions of people? I mean, it's probably 12, 13 million people under Biden alone that we'll, have come we'll here and how will it work? It's going to work that we get the bad ones out first. They're coming in from prisons. They're coming in from jails and mental institutions. How will you find them? We're going to find them through local police. Look, the local police, they're so phenomenal. I love them. They love me. I think I have 97% support. They know everything. They know the first names. They know everything. And it's a new, it's a new. These questions we've been hearing from voters here is how do you. I wish that was a longer clip the millions of people i mean it's probably 12 13 million people under biden alone that have come here and how will it work it's going to work that we get the bad ones out first they're coming in from prisons they're coming in from jails and mental institutions how will you find them we're going to find them through local police look the local police they're so phenomenal i love them they love me i think i have 97 percent support they know everything they know the first names they know everything and it's a new it's a new and he's not wrong. You know, I've, I've seen uh, I have seen videos where some of the police officers are saying we have this person here. We can't do anything where our hands are tied. Because they're not necessarily equipped to deal with terrorism and things that we're seeing right here. They're not equipped or qualified, but they can keep tabs on these people. So, yeah, no, local law enforcement is going to do it. They, they it, it, I keep getting videos specifically out of Colorado, where they're talking about all of these people, most likely from Venezuela, that are coming up there that have like a, a really bad, a really bad history. But the cops can't do anything because they got basically let in here. And so he's going to do this. This is going to be something. And whenever you have the El Salvador president, Nayib Bukele, saying, hey, we were able to do, we were able to lock our country down, put away all these criminals, Without zero civilian casualties, that's almost never unheard of. He's right. Operation Wetback, where they're sending back 1.3 million Mexicans. I wonder how many casualties took place then. We're talking about 
a, 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 a number much greater than what we previously did and much more chaotic and crazy times. He will use the local law enforcement, but they will for sure have assistance. And so the same way we're seeing National Guard and Border Patrol, you know, tee off, but at the same time help these people get in here, it's going to be police officers as well as national uh, homeland security and other aspects of our government that begin to roll out this type of martial law style system. That's 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 basically what it is. Checkpoints, stop and frisk, cease and desists, running up in people's houses, just kidnapping people. I mean, like he said right there, you're one of the good ones or you're one of the bad ones. We don't know yet. We're going to start with the bad ones. But what about the good ones? Why do we have to circle back with them? And so this is it's going to get pretty intense. OK. And Donald Trump represents the authoritarianism we like. Donald Trump represents the totalitarianism. He represents the gold cage dystopia. Right. And that's where we're going. They want the same way that I'm talking about the isolationism described as nationalism, how we're moving towards this old world order and going into this 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 new world order and what they're trying to create and how they're trying to just latch on to as much control as, as, as they can. This is it. Do you see how many people are, 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 are rallying for this? But I want you to keep this in mind, right? I want you to keep everything in mind for this last clip that we're going to be playing for this segment. The authoritarianism, the calls for martial law, the calls for massive deportation, ideological screenings, the border wall, all of these things. I want you to keep this in mind. Because the next thing and the final thing that we're going to be covering for this episode is a flashback to FEMA camps. Yeah. Yeah. According to this bill, a plan is in place to divide the U.S. in the 10 districts or regions to be, to be implemented by FEMA in the event of martial law. This prospect is alarmingly reminiscent of the dystopian scenario depicted in the Hunger Games, where the problem is the border invasion. The reaction is rumors of a civil war and the solution. More borders, more walls, more camps to keep you in your place. You would be quite all right with your 15-minute city then, wouldn't you? And you, you, you've got to look at just the sophistication of what we're dealing with. So I want to I play this video. It's a flashback video. It's old. It's something I think people should think about. And this is why you don't hear me fully jumping into the authoritarian nature of Donald Trump. While I understand everything he's saying, what he represents, and more, we have to understand that there's an even larger game at play. And the FEMA camps, they're already being built. We just call them either isolation facilities or migrant camps, or they get repurposed from hotels or Walmarts. They're already there. We just haven't hit that part of the agenda yet. Let's listen. We have, we have this map that shows how the U.S. would be divided in the event of an emergency, if we can pull that out there. There it is. So this is how the U.S. will be divided into districts. You see 10 of them there. Uh, this is according to the National um, Emergency Center establishment. Can you um, can you describe what this map is? What exactly does that mean? I mean, it doesn't really make sense in terms of states as we know them. What is this classification system? Sure. What are the purposes? It doesn't look like the map that you and I saw in elementary school. Not um, at all. Effectu effectively, the U.S. has been cordoned off 
into these different districts. And so these new uh, emergency centers will be spread out throughout the United States um, in, in most of these eventually. And it gives uh, FEMA and the Department of Homeland Security uh, jurisdiction over what goes on in these, uh, in these places during a time of emergency. Okay, I wanna go into what, because this act does make some, some specific examples, some exclusions, uh, set some limitations, I should say. So the National Emergency Center Establishment Act, what it does not do, it does not authorize any federal officer or employee to force an individual to enter a national emergency center or prevent an individual from leaving a national emergency center. So, Bob, it looks to me like there are some safeguards there. If you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> well, I'd like to think so. And this was actually one of the other things that was changed in this new version of the bill. They added this. Um, but if you read what they're saying, you know, federal officer, or federal employee, that doesn't cover members of the military. And since these are going to be installed in decommissioned and existing military bases, you're going to have people from the military there. So I would think they will have people, namely in the military, who would be able to force people to stay there or prevent them from leaving if that is their, uh, their, what they want to do. Now, for civil liberty advocates like yourself and, and others like you that are worried that this could be a precursor to government overreach, um, what would satisfy your what what would make you more comfortable with this piece of legislation? I guess, do you think that the language in it should be clarified that there's that it's not so vague so that it could be interpreted and abused? Ideally, it would be withdrawn, but if I were to if I were forced to live with it, I would want the restrictions on uh, keep, keeping people in there to extend to the military and in fact, to anybody, um, not let the states or even local governments have that um, ability. Okay. Bob, so we're talking about emergencies, we're talking about disasters, we're talking about chaotic situations where some order hopefully will, well, the goal there is to be established. And, you know, some are going to say desperate times call for desperate measures. So doesn't that ring true for natural disasters and <laughs> cases like that? What, what do desperate people in the government do in those situations? Um, like I said, I think it's a slippery slope, and we don't really need people in power with these vast sweeping powers to begin with. Um, unfortunately, there's moral hazard involved here, too, where people really don't take care of themselves anymore, plan for these emergencies when they have the federal government and other governments ready to step in. And we saw what a great job uh, happened in Sandy and in Katrina. So, like I said, moral hazard. All right, Mr. English, uh, very interesting, and thank you so much. All right, thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Bob English right there. Little flashback clip just to let you know that hey, this is a long this is a long standing thing. Waving the flag saying, Hey, we need to we need to worry about this. We do not need because that was a really good answer, what he said right there. Uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. He's like, Well, what do desperate government people do? What do what do desperate people in the government do during those times? We don't need institutions like this that have that kind of sweeping unilateral power. That's that's dangerous. This has been a long-standing thing trying to raise the alarm about giving these type of powers to people who are are not good, who have these moral issues. And now we don't have good people like this. I mean, you can go back and you can you can look at this clip and see that that was a completely different time. These are these are sane, rational people. They might have been on the left or the right, but they were still thinking clearly. We're not in those time frames. And so when they're when they're saying desperate times call for desperate measures, how desperate are you to get these immigrants out? 
how desperate are you to return back to normal? Would you take a shot? Would you take a dangerous experimental gene therapy that just came out like a week a week a week ago? Because Trump rolled that out. The guy that says he's the guy that's doing all this rolled that out. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Well, if you guys just want to hurry up and get back to normal, just take the shot. Operation Warp Speed, it's ready to go. Desperate times call for desperate measures. What do desperate people in the government do during those times? What did they make you do? And so the FEMA camps, the migration camps, the fusion centers, all of this stuff, they're one and connected. They're one and the same. And this is why you keep hearing me connect them to them. Uh, you see how the, migrant, the migrants own nothing and they're very happy? You see how these are the new Americans that they like, the global citizens that just, that just go to the government to ask for additional money, completely unaware of how dangerous that is, the freedoms that they're offering up. But you see, that's because we're part of the old American. These new Americans are globalists. And that's, that's, that's how fast this took place. That's how fast we're seeing the world that we once knew be replaced by something that, that 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 is alien and foreign. And I say alien in the literal sense because they're creating a completely different race of individuals to co to, to habit here. And 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 they're not even talking about cohabitation. They're talking about taking things over, overriding humanity. That's how crazy all of this stuff is, guys. So could you see Donald Trump enacting a martial law type scenario? If there is a grid down event or an EMP attack or a tsunami to take out New York or just something crazy to where uh, so, something similar to COVID to where, okay, we're doing lockdowns and, oh, well, Trump didn't do the lockdowns. Yeah, but he didn't stop them either. Do, do you see how we are in that time frame of how crazy things are and how many different cards they have on the shelves? And like Tedros Cabrasius said in relation to disease X and then Y and then Z, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. These people are going to do this. And we don't have very much time to operate. And so if you're listening to this, if you got this far in the episode, I hope you at least got you storable goods, man. I hope you at least got like CBD, let alone vitamins, like water, shelter, like which way modern man? Which way? Which way are you going to go? Are you going to go the way of the NPC? Or are you going to hear people like me and God reaching out to you saying, we don't have much time. You need to get prepared. And I wish I had more. I wish I had more clarification or understanding as to what all that meant. I could just feel it in my bones. I can just feel all these things happening. And I'm trying to find the evidence to back these things up and more. But that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know. A very information-packed episode, complete with technical glitches that we were able to coast through and all. That does not stop us. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noizera, Freedom Faction, and the Exclusive Members crew. Out. <laughs>